is London Calling. Here is the last news bulletin for today. The time through which we are now passing is of exceptional character. Hello everybody and welcome to the Full Reptile Radio. Um, it is, what day is it? Uh, calendar says I opened door number five today. Is yeah. that right? I think I did. Oh, I don't have an advent calendar this year. I've got a Lego one. Have you? A Lego one? Always. What's on it? What's in it? Star Wars Lego. Every oh, door. no Every. way. The worst thing is, first shout out today to Studi B. He's on, we follow each other on Instagram and he's also got the Lego calendar, but I'm on Instagram before I open my calendar and I'm seeing what I'm going to open oh, like 10 that. seconds before. So spoilers, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to unfollow him, but I'm just going to have to lay off Instagram for a bit. One of the drawbacks of social media there, right? Yeah. Spoilers. Killing my, killing my calendar vibe. <laughs> yeah, so you get, um, you get a little toy every time. So there's uh, figures, there's people. For the last few years, the main one has been, there's been a white Chewbacca. Right. Wasn't, uh, wasn't there a, a, um, a Yoda with a Santa Claus? Yeah. Yeah, I remember Yoda with one. Santa, uh, Darth Vader with a Santa hat. Uh, a, a C-3PO maybe I, I don't know but one interesting thing I did find out we went to pick Libby up from Rainbows and one of her mates who's in Rainbows with her has got an older brother who's like 11 and so he was waiting as well and we got talking and obviously because we're on the same wavelength talking about Lego and Nerf and shit and toys and I was like yo what what Lego calendar have you got and he's like oh I've, uh, I've got my Lego calendar, I've got my Galaxy calendar, I've got this calendar. I was like, sweet, well, what are you saying about the, the models this year? And he's like, oh no, it's, it's the same, it's an old one. And I was like, what do you mean it's the old one? I thought it, <laughs> I thought his mum had basically done that mum thing where you swoop everything up in January and she's like, a calendar's still a calendar, right. which I'm cool with. What it turned out to be was she said, oh no, because the Lego calendars are expensive, what we do is every year... They open them and then I get small brown envelopes, break the models and post them back into the door so they can reopen them every year. Oh, and no. And I was like, oh, that's like one of the saddest things that I've ever heard. So I, I called her out. I'd rather just not have one. Yeah. It's like, so I get to play with Christmas Yoda for 23 days <laughs> and then he lives in the loft for a year. <laughs> so yeah, it was one of them where as a 37 year old man with a Lego calendar <laughs> and thinking, have I got to donate it to this kid now? Oh man! Like, clearly, I didn't. That is well. No, I no. mean you don't relinquish your Lego calendar. That's that's some serious no. shit right there. Hundred percent. I don't have a calendar this year. Normally, I do, but well, I would definitely. Oh, you can share mine. Like <laughs> I did the land speeder on. You just have to send me a WhatsApp every day after you've opened. Just it. building it. Yeah, yeah. Because the yeah. thing is, the girls want to build it, and I can live with that. But then part of me just gets that whole kid Bit thing territorial. Like, just goes there. No, the stuff. <laughs> no, the, there, and they just you're when, gonna break it if you force it. Yeah, and they're loving it. <laughs> I'll never forget, my, my nephew once came in and he'd had a massive set bought for him. And for whatever reason, I've always called my nephew batshit crazy because he is, if he was here now, the place would be on fire. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's a proper... <laughs> I'm glad he's not. Yeah, he's a proper Oxley. So it gets to the point where he comes marching into the kitchen. Mum, give me some scissors. And I was like, yo, what do you need scissors for, dude? And he was like, this Lego won't fit. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> There's one thing I can guarantee you in this life, if Lego sent it in a box... It's the right size. It fits. Yeah, yeah, don't fuck around with that. And I had to go and unbuild half of his thing and and put it back. And to be fair, we got it We got it to the point, but I was just thinking, how's a six-year-old just going to snap out a flat fourer? No one's going to do that. No, 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 no. Yeah, not good. But a, a big tangent for my Lego calendar. So. Yeah, so it's it's the fifth. So what's that Tuesday? 
Wednesday today, dude. Wednesday today. Okay. I I I am I've legitimately. I'm it not is sure. Australia mosh, isn't it? Yeah. I'm yeah. Not sure. Even my even my my uh, laptop's not caught up. Really? I keep yeah I keep switching it on and off, and it's not the 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 time on it's not changing. Oh, I don't shit. know. I don't know. I've got too much going on on my laptop. Perhaps maybe that's what it is. Australia problems, dude. Too many Tim Tams. It's, it's been upside down. I didn't bring any Tim Tams back. I thought when I got on the plane, I was like, "There's one thing I forgot. It's it's to bring." T- I I was so I was so disorganized. I might just have to leave. I might just have to get Ben's. Sorry, man. Get Ben's Sorry. leading off. It's go. not good enough, is it? It's not good enough. Heartbreaking. Um, so where are we starting today? We've got a lot to catch up on. It's been Shit two loads. Weeks. Yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot of stuff that's happened here. A lot of stuff that's happened away. Yeah. And there's opinions for days. For days. Of always. daft shit. I mean, we've even got stuff creeping in like boxing. We've got old men fighting and, and, I've not and watched young the... kids bullying old men on buses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, Tito. So I watched the I watched that on Bruce Buffer's phone, actually. Tito what? Chuck? Yeah, Tito Chuck. I watched Imagine it on that, Bruce just Buffer's as a phone. statement. Yeah. So I did this with Bruce Buffer. Is That's got to be on everyone's wish list. On the way back from the Great Wall. Okay. Yeah. And On and... Bruce Buffer's phone. Right, so just chilling with Bruce. Just chilling with Bruce. Was he wearing a sharp yeah. suit? He wasn't wearing a sharp suit. No, uh, it was so. So after the event, after the Beijing event, we got on this bus tour, which was ridiculously having to leave the hotel at seven a.m., which you can imagine how painful that was. Yeah, especially especially because I can't sleep after an event anyway. So no. I'm, I'm up till four, staring at the wall. Yeah, um, but it was worth it because so it was like a two hour drive to the Great Wall, and then. There was there was like this. I mean, it was the the most rickety fucking like cable car thing that took us up the side of the mountain. It looked like it had been in, it looked like it had been used in a James Bond film, like a, on a ski lift. Along with with Bob Holness, exactly. That old. <laughs> yeah, like nineteen sixties ski lift that had been transported halfway across the world and made to fit on the mm. side of the mountain. The bullet holes. It was really rickety. Yeah, it's not what you want. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It, t- it took us up to the Great Wall. We made it to the top, which. I was very surprised about when I got on that thing. I was a little bit concerned. How was it? How's the Great Wall? It's cool. I mean, it was Long. weird. Like down at the bottom, it was odd because there's a there's a Starbucks and a Burger King and a Baskin Robbins. It wasn't really what I expected when I did got there. Did it feel like the media center in Derby? Like <laughs> it a, did. Like a Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah, it did. Well, I, I mentioned that to you to you earlier, didn't I? Like as soon as I landed in Beijing, it was. I mean, the last time I was in Beijing was like 18 years ago, and it was a lot more. China back then Chinese yeah. yeah like this was it was way more western than I was expecting like we're driving along and I can see like Decathlon and Costa Coffee not even the good places no 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 the like places I, re- I recognise from being at home nah. it was kind of weird you don't want that um, but the Great Wall was cool like when, once we were up there it was really good because like yeah just, I mean the, the views from the top are amazing like, is it just full miles. of people being sponsored to walk it because I imagine <laughs> the amount of times that I've been handed a form to pay money for people who are walking yeah. the Great Wall I expect it to be shoulder to shoulder end to end of just out of weight dudes walking the wall there were a lot yeah there were a lot of people there there were a lot of tourists but I, I, I'd like to I mean my, me and my sister we talked about hiking it a while ago but to be honest I don't I don't think I'll be I'll be hurrying back to what about Healy's have you seen Healy's they're like no. a old skateboarding shoe but they've got wheels in them that would work It'd be good right but I tell you what some of the steps though are higher than this table holy shit like they're massive they're massive because it's just like the the, the forced a wall onto a landscape that wasn't ready ready for, to have a wall. I'll not be you know taking I mean? Ben was... then because <laughs> a they'd want to eat him. Yeah, and b he's not climbing up them yeah, steps. Yeah, I can't be, I can't be doing with that. So, so just just tell me again how you got down the wall. So 
so there's, so there's a weird ski lift up and that was that was a, a massive effort but then on the way down i mean it kind of made up for it because there was this toboggan it was a it was like a steel tray that kind of weaved like its way troughs. down yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of weaved its way down and we were on these like these little like skateboard like things with a brake handle yeah so you push forward to go backwards to that's stop, it right? exactly yeah. and the best thing about it was as i'm on my way down the person chasing me is bruce buffer oh, dude. in his in his like in his rat pack overcoat looking like a gangster shouting knee how to everybody as he goes of course past. he was of course he was of course he was man of the people recording his podcast <laughs> as he flies down there <laughs> from the islands of have you heard it it's brilliant i used to listen to it every week really yeah he kept telling me about this uh, this app that he's been using on his phone called Cameo. Have you heard about this thing? I've heard of Cameo. I've not got it though. So Bruce has signed up to it. So if anybody wants Bruce Buffer to record them a personal message, then that is the place to go. Why but, wouldn't you? Well, exactly. Like he was recording them all the time when we we're out in China. People asking him to you know congratulate people for passing exams and you just know, imagine happy he's in the truck and, and you're like all, all waiting. He's like, yes. I love baked beans on toast. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Bruce? It's all right, 17 quid. Shut up, shut up. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was doing them all the time. So, yeah, you can have Bruce record you a special message. I know he the told time me I should get doing, into it, but... Well. He was doing wedding ones. He was doing, like, uh, wedding yeah, speeches. Because yeah. I can remember on his podcast, it said something like, he was saying, like, oh, it's $200 to a wedding. It's, a, a it's time exactly. to give half your shit away. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to get fucked. <laughs> so he, but I looked into it. And it was, uh, yeah, we didn't have it in our budget for our wedding at the time. <laughs> but you can imagine a sharp suit buff coming through to Codna. You, you've out. got it. Can you imagine how many people have brought that to the table when making plans for weddings? Oh, you, you don't like, get like, to choose a lot. No, but I bet one. I bet one of the two in the couple, probably mostly the man, is like. I've got an idea. You'll never guess what. Like, you, you can do all the food. This and is it. Pick, you know, all the flower arrangements. That's it. And you, oh, part. you want lilac? I'll yeah, wear a lilac waistcoat. Fine. No pro- oh, Top hat and tails all day. Exactly. No problem. The only catch. Buff is our vicar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be wicked. That'd be wicked. Um, let's, well, let's talk about, did you watch the Beijing card? You caught some of it, I right? I caught some of it purely because... Because you've been working your ass off on the Black oh, mate, Friday stuff. Black Friday was awesome. It, but... I had to charge my phone about a thousand times just because it was either orders, messages, inquiries. <laughs> so it was fantastic. But when it came to the China card, because it was on early doors, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So I'd got up and I'd um, I'd struggled through Chuck Tito because it was like a 20 second clip on my phone. And, yeah. uh, and, I, and I hit China a bit later on. But it was, um, yeah, I didn't really get to sit through a lot of it because I was still no. working. So it, There were some wicked fights on the card. Some really good fights. Like, I, I know the thing is with these fight nights, I know it's difficult to keep up with the UFC schedule because it's my job and I even struggle to keep up with it. But in the last two weeks, there have been three events. And I bet a lot of these fights went under the radar. Like, Lewis Smolka was the first fight on the undercard of the Beijing fights. And he was fighting a kid called, I mean, I was getting his name wrong all week Sulamu Mudarji. Sulamu. Mudarji. 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 I'm glad to see Lewis Smoker back, man. He looks awesome. Yes. He looks awesome. And his post-fight interview was quite emotional as well. Uh, the the Kevin Holland-John Phillips fight was really good as well. A um, lot, of, lot of body shots in the card. A yes. A lot of people got caught with body shots, kicks to the body. Yeah. It, it was, seems to be happening a lot more yeah, and more. It does, yeah. It does. I think people are realising that... The, like, I mean, it hurts it's, like fuck. It does. <laughs> It's massively underutilized. And you could see the difference that it made with John Phillips. As soon as he took that shot to the midsection, like he never kind of got back on well, no, track. Everything's saying, stop, dude. Like in a natural, yeah. you, I mean, you winded yourself. As a kid, like we used to have to, we played football on our garden and you'd have to jump a fence. 
the amount of times I know that I've landed and just winded myself and yeah. Get my mum. Yeah. Go get, go get my mum. I think I'm going to die. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's an awful feeling. Yeah. Especially when you've been eating Chinese room service for a week as well. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, yeah. I was pretty much feeling like that before I even uh, I even got to the venue. It was, yeah. Mate, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how uh, how, how it would have been to try and cut weight nah. in, in Beijing. It must have been so challenging. Like just to try and get everything on point with your diet and not eat too much salt. Yeah. Like your diet is, really is 90% salt. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Shake me up. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, not good. I do, I do like that there's uh, jingling, jingling on there. <laughs> yeah. And not made the reference to, to Eddie Murphy life. Oh, he's a lot of fun. But again, like like against David Zawada, you know, body kick. Dude, it's so... First, yeah. It's, it's, like you say, so under, underutilized, especially from when you look back to even like the uh, Smith and uh, Drago fight. I know I mentioned it before, but that body kick to stop someone in their tracks, I mean, that's full tilt. Yeah. 100%. On fast forward, and then it's just like, oh fuck, one minute. Yeah, that's why I used to love watching Ricky Hatton because you could like, you could just see guys just fall apart. Just in front face. Of him. It's just you know when you bite down, when you get that, you're good. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Sorry, the recorder wasn't wasn't uh, powered on. It was recording. We're all good. Okay. No, we're all good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ramble on about a calendar. <laughs> people are like, no, fuck off. <laughs> Skip 15 minutes. Um, but yeah. It, it like short circuits your brain yeah. sometimes. It's just when you see it's someone's awful. face. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I know when you get kicked or punched or that, you can see someone do the chicken dance or whatever. But when you see someone bite down as if to say, you fucker. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been hit with body shots in fights that weren't particularly nice. I've only ever been dropped from a body shot in training. That was Ricardo. I used to box with Ricardo. He was wicked, wicked fast. Ricardo caught Sam's. It. Yeah, caught me clean with a body shot. We, but we used to spar like 40 rounds just body sparring on a Saturday morning. And I just think it conditioned me for a lot of that stuff. But yeah, when, when you just get caught when you're not aware Terrible. of it. Especially Ugh. underneath. I mean, I can remember the first time I ever realised how sensitive my stomach was. We were playing turtles and one of my friends had to be the, a foot soldier. Right. And he was fuming. And I, mm. I can't remember. I think I was a turtle, probably. Probably. Yeah, probably Michelangelo, something like that. And I, so I was the turtle and he was pissed off. So he came up to me and we'll pretend play fighting. But then he just got me in a Muay Thai plum and fucking drove a knee. Bear in mind, we're like nine. And so right. what's that? 1990? Dude, took me off my feet. Yeah. And I, I couldn't breathe. And I've I don't never... remember foot soldiers throwing knees either. No. I mean, well, it's not even accurate. Not human. Even, not even factually accurate. How angry have you seen a foot soldier? <laughs> not that angry. I don't know, because they, they cover their whole face. There you go. He <laughs> was fuming. So yeah, apologies to Dylan. But he, uh, <laughs> he's a foot, and honestly, he drove his knee so far into my stomach. It was awful. Uh, yeah. And so from then on, I was always, because I've been a lot, oh, always smaller than everyone at school. It was always a case I had to drag people down. So like they'd get a few shots in or they'd, they'd, they'd hit me, but I would always hang on. Yep. Got a good grip. I'm a come at you like a spider monkey. Yeah, <laughs> all day, all day. I got legs for days. <laughs> so literally, I would cr- clamber and get them. Once they're on the floor, everyone's the same size. Yeah. So like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> but as soon as you hit me in the stomach, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to work on my stomach again. Yeah. Not good. It was bad. Yeah, but was bad. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of body shots on that on that card. Did you watch the? Did you see um, the women's strawweight bout? Uh, Zhang Weili against Jessica Aguilar. No, but I will. I'll show you that in a bit. It's it was a wicked performance. So uh, Zhang Weili, Zhang Weili, I've been practicing her Did name you have to all put week. Your American accent. On. Yeah, I have to a little bit. I don't know why, but was Bruce? I think Bruce Lee's sister in Enter the Dragon was called Weili or something like that. Yeah. It sounds yeah. oh, very familiar. Yeah, yeah. No, um, 
What was it? Who was it? Uh, May Lee. May Ooh, that's it. Fuck. In Kickboxer. <laughs> that was it. Uh, Tong Pole. Ah, Tong Pole. Not um, <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, a lot of reference on Kickboxer. <laughs> yeah, she was good. Like, she lost her first pro fight, and I think she's won like 18 since or something. Mate. She's an absolute assassin, and she just ran through Jessica Aguilar, who's very tough. I'm about to say, Aguilar's a fucking yeah, savage. She was landing elbows that were disgusting. Do you know that? How about this? If if the UFC was on a regular channel in China, we would not be allowed to show blood. So every time someone got cut, we'd have to stop the fight and clean it. <laughs> Imagine. Right? Imagine I was chatting that. to one of the officials about it because he, one of the Australian officials goes over to China to do a lot of refereeing and stuff. And um, he was talking about it. Like, I can't, I can't remember what, what event it is. WLF or something like that. It's a, it's a, one of the Chinese events. And they, because it's on national TV, they can't show blood. So every time someone gets their nose burst or anything, they so have like to a, stop it. So like a Vandalay fight, it'd take like 14 days. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it'd be like, just one minute. Yeah. <laughs> just to say. <laughs> can you say scar tissue? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you imagine Can you imagine Nick Diaz against... Uh, BJ Penn. Against BJ Penn or, or, or um, Diego Sanchez. Dude. Like someone with that kind of scar tissue. Oh. You know what I mean? They'd never be able to get through a fight. Well, I was listening to the um, the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Jake the Snake. And I, I have watched, not listened to it yet. It's brilliant. I mean, I, I watched the documentary a couple of years ago. As soon as it came out, Stace found it for me and, and got me in a corner of my bowl of crisps and just left, <laughs> me, left me to it for an hour and a half. But it, it's brilliant to watch. But they were talking about when um, him and Macho Man were fighting and he'd made the snake bite him, which is, I'm not going to ruin the story, but I can remember seeing that on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. and it was terrifying. But it wasn't that long ago that someone was, wherever we were, was watching wrestling and literally someone would pick up a chair, go to swing it, and it would freeze frame at the chair being 90 degrees and then unfreeze with the guy lying on his back, cut open, and the chair's now out. And it's like... <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't do many harm. I didn't go out and buy a cobra and start biting people yeah. called Macho Man. But it just made me think, like, why the fuck are you censoring that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't get it. But, yeah, if, if you have to stop the fight for every cut... Yeah. That was, I mean, we. I, I kept thinking about it when the fights were going on because we wouldn't have got through a lot of these fights. There mm. were a lot of like a lot of bloody fights, like um, uh, Sonken and, and Alex Morono both got got busted open. They were both ble- bleeding pretty good. Hu, uh, Hu Yao Zong, Hu Yao Zong, against uh, Rashad Coulter was a, a war, and he was a mess as well. Like we just wouldn't have made it through this card. See, I think obviously what's happened a lot in the past when the Chinese fighters come over. They didn't fare as well. No. They never seemed to, I don't know if it was acclimatise or just get, like you say, if they're used to being made up of salt and and fucking craziness yeah. and noodles, well, then that's the thing. coming I mean, over, it's not the same. That's it. I remember fighting in Japan and it was so difficult to go over there and to stay on diet and do the weight cut and stuff. But it must be the same for, for Asian fighters. Yeah, traveling an to animal the style in yeah, an right. burger. Not really. Exactly. It weighs more than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's crazy, but it's good to see. I mean... What about Song Yedong? Did you watch that fight against Vince Morales? Yes. That kid's special. He is very, very yes, good. Yes, I did. I did fast. Yeah. Super fast. fast. Very well-rounded. Moves, yeah, moves... And, and, but looked you know, more like a Western fighter. Yeah, well, he's, he's alpha male, isn't he? He's working with fight with Faber and stuff. Because go. he's got a new, a new nickname, which Uriah Faber swears he didn't give him the nickname the Kung Fu Monkey, but... I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, but someone that came up with the nickname California Kid, who he was, I, we were chatting. I was trying to convince him to make a comeback, but he's only got a he can only, only well he can only come back if he's the California adult now. 
No, I mean, and, and, and he's built like an armchair now, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Let's be honest. He is. <laughs> he, he, he was is. doing it because they weren't they the No Shirt Nation or something? The, the, when something it was like the that. Team Alpha Male. When, he, when he owned Form, so. didn't he? The, the brand Form. Yeah, uh-huh. That he sold to the K-Swiss guys as, as it got fucked. Did it really? I think it's K-Swiss, something like that. Because he, he used to sponsor John Jones because I had um, uh, Charlie, Weatherman Charlie, he bought the John Jones form gear. Right. And I, we were both a pair of fanboys, John Jones and Faber. I had the Faber shorts. <laughs> and they were really good. They really? were really good shorts. And then, yeah, I don't think he was doing good. And he sold it to concentrate on being a fucking ah, homeowner. I didn't know that. Yeah, crazy. He's got loads of stuff going on, Faber has. He's, he's, he's not I mean, got he's, enough fingers for the pies that he's he got going on. No. He's, uh, he's, and he's about to be a father as well. Which, oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that he had. He, I didn't know that he'd met a lady. He did. He, yeah, he's been. She's been travelling with him the last past past couple of years. I've seen. Oh, that's good. Him. Man. Yeah, I used absolutely. to hear him talk a lot about chicken heads. So it was always <laughs> as a as an adult myself with children and a wife. I was like, oh come on, man, play the game. <laughs> let's let's see what let's no, see what baby uh, chin looks like. This is why he can't come back as the as the as the California kid because he's he's matured a lot. California parent. It's a California parent. <laughs> Mate, if he stays out in the sun too much more, he's going to be the California fucking raisin, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, I actually what, have one of them. I've still got a full size California, California raisin. raisin. Yeah, I remember yeah. that cartoon. It's like that was like a Sunday morning cartoon. It right? was well, it came from the the sweets, but it was the um, the teddy bear company, which was applause, which the hands were like this, and it's like a blue tag that used to get on really high end teddies. Right. That was my cousin's husband's dad. So basically, my cousin married into that family. So he used to come around. He'd bring like, but remember when you went, went used to go into birthdays or Clintons, and there was like. Batman merch, uh-huh. teddies, mugs, all that sort of shit. Sad Sam. Can you remember Sad Sam? I don't remember Sad it was like Sam. A, it was a little brown puppy. There's going to be half a dozen people, literally half a dozen people screaming <laughs> at the thing now. Like, I remember that. <laughs> and he's like a little dog with really, he looked like Droopy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called yeah, Sad yeah. Sam. Okay, so Applause had the rights and they did California Raisins. It's probably sat in my loft like a bit like the Del Boy. Let's break it out. The Del Boy fucking watch. <laughs> <laughs> How did you make your fortune? Sold a California raisin. I certainly remember the cartoon though. Didn't they used to sing? When, yeah, when yeah, they heard it through the grapevine. That was it. Dun, 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 dun. I remember that. They're yeah. good, man. But it might, it might not get through the. Uh, it might not get through. That'd the, be a good walkout today. song. Heard it through the grapevine. Yeah, Man, there's so many good walkout songs, right. but people seem to choose so many shit ones. They do. Do you know what I mean? I, I was, I did like Australia. I know I'm jumping forward a bit, but <laughs> the amount of hackers and boomerangs and body Absolutely. paint. Absolutely. Yeah. The one thing I was disappointed, I've not worked an Australian event where they've not played like Land Down Under by Man oh. at Work. And I didn't hear it once. Oh, man. I was really disappointed. But then again, I think, you know, that there has to come a point where they're just going to draw a line under it and be like, no more. Yeah. No, they, no more. I can remember when I was in Oz, because it, it was a while ago, we went to the Cane Toad Bar, or no, the Iron Bar in Port Douglas. And it was fucking brilliant. We'd been we'd been to Australia for three weeks and we stayed there for like the last four days. And it was the nicest place. It was fucking fantastic. And it basically, Stace did a lot of research. And she was like, there's a place called the Iron Bar where downstairs is like a diner, bar, really nice restaurant. But upstairs, they do cane toad racing. So they get this massive fucking round table, sell raffle tickets, get a bucket of cane toads, lift up the bucket and you've got a party blower to get the, your toad to the edge of the table, which now I'm explaining it sounds fucking banana. I'll try and find the pictures because there's a picture of me kissing a cane toad because he, he was terrible. But I, I got I, I got the raffle ticket. But then I went to get a beer and I asked for a Castlemaine 4X. I got fucking laughed out. And I was like, 
that's Australian. And they're like, no one drinks this shit. I was like, why is it on tap? And they're like, because of pricks like you. Oh. And I was like, okay. And they're like, you still want one? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It didn't taste good. It's that piss water. But yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, Australia's known for those two things, Casimir yeah. Forex and Land Down Under. Yeah. I often wonder whether that's the, the kind of things that we project on them. I wonder whether they would they would play Land Down Under on an Australian event when like like that wasn't no one's the there. UFC. Yeah. You know? I wonder whether that's like the UFC going, Oh, this is a song about you. You you're like this, you know. Yeah. Fuck you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the dogs aren't called bouncer. I tell you what, they loved the event though. They were a great crowd. Uh, before we move on to that, what, what do you reckon to Alistair Overeem coming back? Um I just felt bad for the other guy. Yeah, Pavlovich. But I mean he, <laughs> he is standing in the corner facing the door. I'm just going to go and open the door. Just, Karen, Karen I'll okay. Well, it was one of them where Alistair Overeem's done that thing where he's, he's refound himself again with a new fight team, fight squad, and which is good. But then the guy that they gave him, that was his debut, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was twelve and zero. I mean, he's he's a good fighter. He just doesn't have anywhere near the experience of Alistair Overeem. No. And the other thing as well is he he kind of he kind of just edges forward. When I was watching it, when I was watching him doing my research, I thought to myself, well, I mean, he could walk Alistair Overeem down and just pepper him with shots. But that was based on the Alistair Overeem that showed up in his last couple of fights, where yeah. he not looked particularly great. But, but since he's been working with Curtis Blades, I mean, he came out, he attacked him, he was aggressive, he put him on the floor. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good. See, is this where MMA maths goes a bit fucking apeshit? Because, and I'm not even saying about the results, but the awkwardness of the hotel that you've got. Nganu, who's already beat Blades controversially before. Mm-hmm. Blades, who's beat Overeem. Yep. And Nganu's beat, beat. I mean, imagine getting in that elevator. Yeah. And just being like. You just literally find your little <laughs> positions. It's like King Dick stood in the middle, like, well, what the fuck are you pair Yeah. Is that not awkward? Walking well, around as a fighter, seeing someone who's sparked you? I, I don't know. I mean, you've got to think, remember what Curtis Blades did to Overeem? And Overeem went to went to Curtis Blades' gym to, to you yeah. know, move his training camp. A lot of these guys are quite mature about the way, way they approach it. I mean, sometimes, like, there was, um, in Adelaide, there was uh, some animosity between Big Pretty, Justin Willis, like I can't remember exactly what he said to Mark Hunt at the weigh-ins, but then there was a bit of a scuffle backstage at the weigh-ins. They were kind of shoving each other and stuff, and then obviously tied to Avassa and Tyson Pedro were there. And, yeah, well, watch your you fucking mouth. Exactly. Bro. I mean, it, like, I mean, big pretty without numbered. <laughs> I think he's he, that was very much a Conor McGregor esque. Let's make a name for myself because who? Yeah. No, d- does anyone know him before that? No, not. I mean, he's three and zero in the UFC. Uh, yeah, and, and, and they've been good fights, yeah. but he's not. He's not really had much of a of an impact as far as marketability goes it's I mean, not been not, a massive highlight no. reel that we can push and be like oh my god did you see the guy with the chain around his neck the junkyard dog <laughs> exactly like i think i think the ufc were were thinking you know if he gets a win over mark hunt it's likely going to be a bit of a war because they both like to scrap yeah i mean you like you look at big pretty's fights and he's been in a few scraps like really good really fun one i mean where's his record Wow. Like that Chase Sherman fight was an absolute war. Um, he made his debut against uh, Mulheron, didn't he? Yes, Mulheron. Yeah, like all of his fights have been scraps. They're they're a lot. He's a lot of fun to watch, and I think they just they looked at Mark Hunt and they thought, well, you know, we, we get good this fights out of well. Mark Hunt. It's the yeah. last fight on his contract. Like these two are just going to throw down, which and I'm gutted about. Yeah, well, to be, I mean, the thing is, like Mark Hunt started off throwing loads of kicks, and he, he got that laceration on the front of his shin, and I like. It, 
he seemed fine in the first round. He was still throwing kicks with it in the first round, but he went back to his corner. And like, and I think sometimes the 60 seconds break doesn't do you any favours. No, he just sent pissed off. He right. was just like, for f- I'm done. Yeah. Fuck this. He was, yeah, literally, almost Rumble style. You know when Rumble, uh-huh. when, when Rumble and DC fought and he was like, I'm retiring. I'll just take the check. I'll just take the check. Yeah, check's good, thanks, man. And it it was such a shame because it almost looked like he was getting more and more mad. And I didn't want him to do that thing where he overcommits to something and gets highlights sparked. Yeah. Because it was already bad enough that, obviously, I know this is Australia, but it it was almost bad enough that his his stable mates, because I can't remember if it was you or Johnny G's that was saying, how does that affect you? In your your dressing room, the first warrior goes out and, and we're looking at, who we're looking at, Mark Hunt. Yep. So he was the first one of that of that that team to go out. So the, and, the leader, right? the leader of that team. Uh-huh. Well, they were, that was what they were calling him, the lead horse. Of course he is. But like you can you can imagine because I remember when was it? Oh, UFC one hundred and five. I think there were okay. four or five of us on the card. Like me, Ross, Andre, yeah, Nick. I think was on the card. There were a few of us, and I remember I was the co-main event. Right. So. I was I had to stay in the dressing room and while I was warming up I was watching them fight and and I, I was thinking at the time I wonder if like the outcome of their fight and their performance is going to impact me in any way and you've got to think like after after the way that Mark Hunt fight played out and Justin Willis was backing up tagging him with the jab circling away from his power hand yeah, tagging him filth. with the jab I mean he, he was quick it was a good game plan he stuck to it he didn't overextend himself at all I mean like you can't complain at it and you know, if you're in there against Mark Hunt, that's probably the smartest thing to do. But at the same time, if you're Tyson Pedro tied to Ivasa watching that, that's going to be frustrating. Big time. And I wonder, like the way that Tyson uh, tied to Ivasa fought against JDS, like like running to him with his right hand. He had a point to prove, didn't he? Exactly. It was almost like he was fighting with with frustration before the fight had even yeah. started. Well, it is literally, I mean, they are the equivalent to you've walked into the wrong fucking bar. Remember <laughs> the beginning of Crocodile Dundee? And... Um, and they get there and he starts like the, the bad guys come onto the beach and he goes, It's all right, I've got a donk. He's like, What's a donk? And then there's that fucking massive unit behind him. He smacks him on the head and goes, That's a donk. <laughs> like, their little bar. And it just seems that so like if you walked into the wrong bar, yeah, just a shit shack on the beach, With you're losing all it. day. All day to all of them. Yeah, whereas yeah. It, it just sent it's almost like your mum saying, No, you've got to wear a tie. <laughs> I don't want to wear a tie. Yeah, but you've got to do this. I don't want to do that. I just want to fight. And it sent that, like you were saying in the in the broadcast, Mark, he just sent to just fucking... Yeah. Oh. Just old still while... Like, while yeah. yeah. He, and, and I don't think he was expecting Willis to fight like that either, especially because of how aggressive he was at the weigh-ins. Yeah. I think he was expecting it to be a bit more a uh, bit more of a gunfight. But it worked out for worked out for Willis, like you said. Yeah. I mean, you go to Mark Hunt, who's he knocked out? Everyone. Yeah, everyone, yeah. So, I mean... I thought Tyson Pedro. Um, he oh, had just, that must be an ACL tear. I, I don't know that. I've not. I've not heard about what happened to his knee, but it was enough. It was in the second round. John yeah. Gooden spotted it. No, oh, sorry. When yeah, it went, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Gooden spotted he, it. He said, "What did you do then?" Yeah, because the camera was actually you couldn't see his legs, could you? No, it was they, looking they down. Were, it was like they were they were in a body lock position up against the fence, and and uh, Shogun was was on his back with a body lock, and then I think he like kneed the back of his knee yeah, or something pulled like it, that. Pulled it, it was, like hooked his foot, and yeah. it sort of wiggled. This ankle looked jacked. Yeah, but it like I think I'm sure it was his knee. Yeah, but. He, he had uh, uh, Shogun finished. Yeah. In that he first was, round. In the first I, I round, he, he finished. I, know, I don't know how he, how he kept his legs underneath him. Well, you look, 
I think it was at, at the end of the exchange when uh, Shogun drops down. It's like he was exhaustion and it's like he was knocked out. But for whatever reason, Pedro stayed too close to him mm-hmm. so that he actually used him to fall on. Yeah. And then as and then they ended up grappling. I think if he had fallen as he did, it would have been over. Yeah. The thing is, I wonder how they would have because uh, they played it back to me. I have a I have a separate monitor at the side of me, so in front of me in the commentary booth, I have the fight metric um, uh, screen, so I can see the the live, you know, lat strike. And that's someone tagging and all that. on yeah. each shot. There's someone in the truck actually feeding that data in live. Okay. Um, so I mean, obviously, there's a there's a question as to how accurate it is and, and what they consider to be a, a significant strike, but it's a good gauge of what's landing. You know, it gives us a rough idea. Plus takedowns, success rate, and that kind of yeah. thing. You know, four of seven takedowns. And um, then I have in front of me like the live screen, so I can see exactly what everybody else is seeing at home yeah. with the camera angle changes. So I can say, okay, from your cam- camera so angle, you're feeding you can- back to something we're seeing rather than something exactly. you're looking over a fence at. Because sometimes when you sit in octagon side and you're watching the fight in front of you, you can see stuff from a different angle that exactly. can't be seen on. Yeah, so yeah. you know, you need to make that make sure that's clear. Um, and then I have another screen to my right, which is it's it's the ISO, and if I I can speak to the truck. I have a button. I can say, hey, can you show me that back? You know, can I see that uppercut again? Um, or stick a pin in that right hand and show me that between rounds because that was a significant strike. So, so how quick can they turn that round? So if, if you say, show me a, that last uppercut. Super quick. 30 seconds. It's, it's impressive. There. Yeah, they're very, very good. They're they're awesome at what they do. But that's why the, that's why the quality of the shows are so good, in my opinion, because it's just so polished. Yeah. You know, they know exactly what they're doing. It's like a, it's like it's like one machine. I think that's the big difference between now UFC and Cage Warriors and all that. Uh-huh. That's what made that show super. Yeah, I know we crisp, can go on to that, but I mean? it was yeah, it's crisp. Yeah. It just seems more feels like you, you you're getting a bit more of a deluxe package. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so on my ISO. So every now and then I'll or or, or sometimes they'll speak to me and they'll say, hey, here, have a look at this on your screen, and then they'll show me. And, and actually, after that that exchange where Shogun's had lost his foot in. Um, they showed me the, another shot, another another angle of it where they actually clashed heads. Yeah, mate. You know what I mean. Like, so like, it would have been awkward if it would have if it had finished there yeah. anyway, because then we would have. Well, you know, Pedro's just a lot younger, and I, I know headbutts they affect everyone differently, and it depends exactly where you get clipped. But when you consider the amount of damage that Shogun's taken over the years, absolutely. I mean, he could have been out three, four times in that first round. Yeah, it was nice. To, I don't want to see him fighting for a title again I don't think I no. want him to retire that's the thing like we were we were on a bit of a guess as to how old he is and like I mean he's 37 he's my age but then you think you think of how many fights he's had and the fights he's had and then you look back at his career I mean when did he make his debut 2002 yeah so since 2002 he's had 37 fights dude and like by the time he was I mean <laughs> I mean, his his UFC debut was one that projected Forrest Griffin into the stratosphere because it was one of them that when the Pride acquisition went through, we couldn't wait to see Crow Cop and Shogun right. and all these guys come over, Mark Hunt. Because that's an interesting... Like on Mark Hunt, they literally said to him, do you just want the money? And he went, beg your pardon? And they're like, do you just, do you just want the money? Because we'll just pay you. You can just leave. And he was like, no. no I want to fight. I want to fight. <laughs> But I mean, Forrest getting that was a massive win, a massive win. I mean, the one when he fought Mark Coleman, Mark Coleman looked like a lobster oh, man. that someone had propped yeah. up on a pair of stilts. Yeah, but, but his his, four, his fifth fight ever, he was four and zero, and he fought Babalu. Yeah, 
in Babalu's like heyday when Babalu was wasn't he wasn't he on an eighteen fight streak that like got that. him back to the table with he Chuck. He was awesome. Yeah, I love that fight against Chuck though. What when he when, when he, he headbutted his shin? The, yeah, kicked in the head, didn't he? It was beautiful. Yeah, but it's like 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 you look at that. I mean, he fought. He had four fights. Not easy fights either. I mean, he fought Cyborg in one of those fights, the male Cyborg. Um, you know, the one that... Uh, the MVP. MVP turned his face Oof. inside out. But the thing is, even look at... Like, people nowadays that are watching will recognise Gono. They'll rec- recognise Quinton Shoji. Jackson. Do you remember Akira Shoji? Old yeah. school pride fighter. But he beat Rampage yeah. with soccer kicks. Rampage. Big Nog, Overeem, Arona, Mark Coleman. All, Cyril Diabate, Randleman... Mate, I mean, filth. Yeah, he's got a win over Overeem. Stopped Overeem in the first round. Pride right. thirty-three, and he looked good. He's ridiculous. I isn't think it? he won one hundred and four. I think I know it's super controversial at the time, but he he went back and then oh, ironed out Leoto. Yeah, yeah. Certainly got paid back the next time around, though, didn't he? Yeah, for real. But I mean, it, I think I suppose when you look at who he's lost to, it's not that bad. No, it, it's not no, as bad not. as you think. I mean, I know Anthony Smith. I think he probably took him a bit lightly. Because he went from losing a couple in a row to fighting Nog, Corey Anderson, Jean Vellante, and obviously just Pedro. But like he was on a three-fight win streak being Shogun again. I think sometimes it's how you lose as well. And I think people remember that more than anything. What is, are you referring to the uh, OSP skateboard punch? Exactly. Because that wasn't... It, no. It wasn't... I'm not taking anything away from OSP, but it wasn't just skill that placed that shot. It was a case... If you remember, didn't he lose his foot in a bit? Isn't it a weird? Yeah, OSP kind of circled. He circled off the fence and threw this kind of winging left hook and just clipped him right on the side of the head. And yeah, I mean, he did lose it. It, it was it. I mean, it was all about the punch. But he fell into the fence, which I think made it look even worse. But then, like, like the Dan Henderson uh, knockout, dude. Like, he's just he's just taken a lot of shots, hasn't he? And even yeah. the fights that he did that he lost that he you know lost by decision, like the Henderson one, the Gustafson one. The the one thirty nine. The, yeah. the Henderson, if you haven't seen that fight, that was like fight of the, the year yeah. for about four years. It was He just always looks like he's falling off his skateboard face first. When he does when he does go, it's that right. one you look at um when you look at what's his name? Um Leo Tomashida. He was unbeaten and, mm. and considered the greatest ever. But then when he did start getting knocked out, which started with Shogun it was, it was like he was being laid out for a coffee. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it was nice to see him back. And I suppose looking at his his record now, you do what you want. But it's just, it's just getting hold of. I know. And it's who does he fight next? I mean, do you give him someone like Volkan Uzdemir? Would be a good fight for him. Yeah, I mean, Volkan's, Volkan's coming off a loss, so I guess he needs to fight someone coming off the win. So you're looking at someone like Serkinov. I'd be interested to see a rematch with Pedro. Glover? I'd, I'd, I'd watch him fight Glover yeah. this year. That's a Would good he fight, fight Glover, though? I don't know. Are they stable, mate? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'd, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Glover. I don't want to see him against someone like Johnny Walker. No. Because no. that's filth. That, yeah. that's I've got a point to prove, and yeah. you, you're my step They're the fights bro. that could potentially end really badly. I mean, kind of like Anderson Silver against uh, against Starbender. Who had a lovely chest rig on? Did you like that, mate? Did you send a message to Dean straight I away? Literally, because it was Sunday and I didn't have much chance to catch up on a lot of stuff because of um, what just shit I had going on. We went to watch the new Wreck It Ralph. Okay, this is a tangent on a tangent. <laughs> Fucking brilliant, is it? Are you, and you, I know you haven't seen the first one. Essentially, you need to come around and watch it with Bing because she, she's the biggest fan of Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> so when it came to watching the second one. 
I literally, I said to her, I'm sitting next to you. We sat at the cinema. We had a stage, did popcorn, everything for, for us. We went all out. It was the best. It was so good. So I, I didn't really get to sit down because it's Sunday's all about family. So, I mean, I like to watch my fights, but it's one of them. Whereas if they're saying, do you want to play Lego or do you want to go <laughs> to the park? I'm like, let's do that. Yeah. So when I did sit down, I'd watched the, uh, the boxing and, uh, right, okay. I watched the boxing and, um, I watched it. I was like, right. Let's uh, let's stick this on. Yeah. Did you watch the fight? The whole fight. Yeah. Did you? How did you score it? Do you think? Do you think Fury won, or did, did you? Were you happy with the draw? I've not watched it yet. I've only seen the. I just the uh, Undertaker uh, standing up at the end of the. Tour. Yeah. That was wicked. I don't. I don't know how he it got back to been, his feet. It could have been. That could have been waved like, off. Easy. The way he fell is yeah. like you don't expect someone to move for like at least sixty seconds after that kind That's of. That's it. Well, it's the way that he sort of reset his brain. He's going. And then just got yeah. back up. It's like the way, if you look at his eyes, he just does this like, like a dog. You know when the, when a dog does that like huff, that yeah. real like sigh? It's like he went, huff, and his eyes sort of just went. Vroom. My phone won't restart that quick. And no. it's like brand new. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah. you know when your whole brain's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you see the video of uh, Deontay Wilder dancing? Yes. I've, I've shared it today. There's this snatch one. And I've seen like, it. All he has to do it. now yeah, yeah. is stay down. <laughs> And then, and then it just it just cuts to it. Yeah, yeah. All like, of a sudden, you just see yeah. him standing back up. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. But Brilliant. I, I, the whole thing, the whole time I was watching it, I just, I didn't get really anything. Right. I loved listening to to Tyson on the uh, on the Joe Rogan. I got massive respect for him. I had a lot more time for him because I'd formed an opinion of him which was wrong. And to be fair, I think he sold himself really well in the whole uh, in the whole build up. And from coming back and the mental health situation and all the rest of it. But the whole time I was watching it, I just didn't have that like butterflies. I didn't have that buzz at yeah. all because I was just, it was it was very technical. Uh-huh. It was impressive, don't get me wrong. But by the end of it, when it was like when people were screaming out going controversial, I was like, I don't really care. And I was I didn't as much as like now people say, Oh, you you've ruined the biggest ever comeback. Essentially, Wilder was throwing massive shots but missing, mm. and Tyson was doing less shots and landing. Yeah. So yeah, he probably won, but he got fucking flattened, and he, he got put down once and then flattened the second time. It was impressive for him to come back, but like, like the telly could have gone off, and I wouldn't have given two shits. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If uh-huh. I didn't know, like, I've had it before where I used to be with BT, and like like the Pepper Pig thing, you're halfway through a title fight and it, the recording stops and I'm, I'm fucking seething. Yeah. Whereas with that, I was like, not that bothered. Meh. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was just, I think it's just with, bo- with the whole boxing and uh, don't get me wrong, respect for boxing, I like boxing, but it's just, it just doesn't get me jazzed anywhere near as much. No, no. I, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, there are certain fights, certain fighters, I struggle to get excited for heavyweights just because of, the, of, there's not the same level of finesse in the way they move. Like, yeah. um, well, I was talking about it on the podcast with Dean, actually. It's uh, Adam Catra was talking about him. Teofimo Lopez. Yes. Wicked. Yeah. W- love watching him. You know, any, anybody that's anybody that's uh, in, in the lower weight classes generally is as a higher skill level because there are more people in those weight classes. Yeah. So the filtration system is much more difficult. Well, iron you know? sharpens iron, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You just get to see that a little bit more. Um, I can't remember. Where, where did I go before that? What made me go on to that? Watching the fights, go backwards. Chest rig. Chest rig. Chest rig. Yeah, so did you send a message to the... So, well, fill, fill us in on, on the on the internal okay. joke with the collective. Cause... So, we've got a group on the collective, and there's obviously me, Dan... A WhatsApp Dan, group. 
Yeah, so there's a WhatsApp group. There's me, Dan, Wad, Ollie, and Dean. And it's a case that we it's, it's brilliant because we can share ideas. And if I'm working on some design work or if I've made some uh, product or whatever, it all goes in the group. And basically, I try and keep my finger on the pulse as much as I can. And at the minute, the 90s is back in. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, we live the 90s. So seeing people it. in shell suits, Sergio Tacchini, Fila and all that shit is, what the fuck? Chunky trainers. Unless. Uh, yeah. I'm just... I'm not all about that, but I still have to know what's in color-wise, style-wise, all the rest of it. So it was one of them where on one of the websites I used, there was a chest rig. Kanye wore one about six months ago. Yeah. And then I got an email from a guy who's massive in the game. The email me was like, yo, we can make these. These are, these are next level. These are going to be a big thing. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But I still quite liked the idea. It, mm-hmm. was, it wasn't like a shell suit. I wasn't turned straight off it. So when we were on our call, on our, on our conference call, I mentioned it to the group and got laughed out of the room, <laughs> which I was cool with. That was fine. It was early doors. So what I did then was I decided to Photoshop because Dean was currently working with Ollie, wasn't he? In yeah, Japan. He was in Japan. So I made, I put a chest rig on Ollie on one of his pictures <laughs> and I put a Hello Kitty bum bag on Dean I, yeah. with a Kanye t-shirt on. So it's been a sort of a running thing since then because obviously, bear in mind that was six months ago. I'm trying to get the heads up, say, lads, this is going to be next level yeah. and obviously laughed out. So it was only when the camera turned on and you've got a charismatic style bender stood there with a big fucking red, <laughs> which I assume is his own brand because I've never heard of it. But he's got a red chest rig and he's not embarrassed. He's not ashamed. He's Look. literally flexing out, talking to you and Johnny, stealing the show. And I was like, all I could hear was, he's wearing a fucking chest rig. <laughs> he's wearing a it's chest It's funny because that was all that was going through my mind. I, I was like laughing. As soon as he walked in, I started th- laughing in my own head. I was like, fucking hell. I, I know Owen's going to make a point of this. Nice bag, do. bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it coming Hello Kitty? He, he had everything in there. He, kept, he was unzipping it and digging in there like yeah, every couple of good, minutes. Right? He had his phone, he had his wallet, he had everything. Yeah. Phones, wallet, keys. Phones, wallet, keys. <laughs> yeah. Have you, seen, have you seen the Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler, I watched yeah, it. Yeah. I made sure I watched it phone with the UFC keys, ears laptop. and phone, wallet, keys, <laughs> laptop, shit. <laughs> I, it nearly made me cry, though. I don't know how you felt about this, about the the uh, the Farley. You know, when he was singing about his... Yeah, I absolutely. didn't realise how far they went back. Oh, man, that was... Sad, Heartbreaking, yeah. man. Such yeah. a good tribute. But one of them where I was sat working, I can't remember what I was doing. I think it was building up to Black Friday. I'd shot everything I'd, and I was sat on my settee. I'd run through about two seasons of Gold Rush. So it was literally, I don't care what's on Netflix, as long as I've got no adverts and it just keeps fucking rolling. I'm, I'm good. And the Adam Sandler thing came on. And I just found myself drawn into this song. And it, yeah, mate, it was really, really emotional, yeah. but brilliant. Like, don't let it stop you watching it from no, the man points. It was... I- I didn't really know what to expect when I put it on. I was telling you that one. I, I, yeah. I wasn't really sure exactly what it was going to be. And Lacey's a big fan of Adam Sandler. She loves his movies. Yeah. I can't be doing with the baby voice he does. No, no, no. no. It just, it winds me and up. And little Nicky went off the boil. After he did, um, like, Happy Gilmore is probably the greatest film ever Brilliant. made by Adam Sandler. Yeah. I know he went a bit commercial when he did the whole um, Big Daddy and all the rest of it and started getting noticed. But then when he started churning out Little Nicky's and stuff, I was just, the cast, if you watch Little Nicky, it's got Tarantino in it. Yeah. Has it really? Got, no shit, he's the preacher. But it's Harvey, Harvey Keitel, Tarantino. It's like the Reservoir Dogs fucking reunion. It's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, he um, yeah. clearly living his dream. But it was such an emotional thing with uh, Chris Farley. And he, yeah, it's it a brilliant song. Yeah, it, it Really, was. really good. But It was great. I, yeah. I've also been watching. Uh, well, there's no F is for family out. 
Outstanding, that. right? I love that. Absolutely love it. I started watching it last night, and unfortunately, jet lag just kicked my ass. Just killed you. Kicked my ass. I think Bill Burr is is one of my favorite. It's on the bucket list just to meet. Yeah. And and just sit down and either watch him play drums. Or whatever it is, it, I'm just that in entwined in his life. Oh, I love his humour, mate. There's there's so many things I wanted to tell him because when he had his little baby, it'll be about a year and a half now. The amount of things because obviously he's a bit older. I want to say, yo, do this, do that because the amount of people I've known that have had kids after me, it's never a case that you like telling people what to do, but it's almost like a, oh, I thought this was going to happen, but don't worry when that happens. Do this. Do you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> yeah. just a few little tips because yeah. people have pointed me in the right direction, and it's one of them where it's like. Big time, don't sweat the small stuff. But it, it's hard to hard to do when someone's not said it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, F is for family is gold. It's brilliant. Big you, Mouth you is gold. Me, you got me on that. I've watched all the Big Mouth. I'm ready for a new season of that. And the, a new season of uh, Frontiers. Frontier is out. Well, I'll watch that if you watch uh, Evolution of Hip Hop. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll watch it's, that. It's good. I'll it's that. really good. It's just your playlist will go... I think I've added about 600 tracks. Right. Because literally it starts off early doors, early, early doors. <laughs> and then you then you start going, have I got Rapper's Delight on my phone? No, I haven't. <gasps> That's daft. Add that. And then Snoop comes in and obviously Puffy, yeah. Biggie. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it's, it's wicked. I've been putting so much new music on my phone at the moment because I'm, I'm doing the Gimme Radio thing and I've been, I've realised that I've got a lot of old metal on my, my, my iPod yeah. and stuff and I've been going through that and grabbing some but, there's so much, there's so like I've been introduced to so many new bands at the moment recently, like like when I've been traveling and stuff. So I've been downloading loads of stuff, and that's been connecting me to other bands. And so I'm I'm much more into the heavier stuff at the moment. So I could do with rounding it out. I don't know what it is about the weather, but it's like my my musical taste is kind of as dark as the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it kind of moves with like like everything is like heavy and bassy and yeah. you know what I mean. Whereas in when when the sun's out or when it's nicer it's a bit more you know some of our yeah a bit more yeah, electronic a yeah. bit more reggae you know yeah I Finley mean, Quay but if, do you remember Finley Quay I love get sweeter every day of course oh, is that right Mungo Jerry in I'll the take, summer I'll take, I'll take time right. when <laughs> I love the you share yeah. that for you was it your dad or your granddad <laughs> yeah. granddad Ian yeah hashtag Mungo Jerry I was like <laughs> the people who for whatever reason are researching Mungo Jerry and hashtagging right. it and going who the fuck's that <laughs> it's Ian mate have, have some respect <laughs> It was brilliant. What thought, a great photo that was. Perfect, man. Yeah. Perfect. I've got a couple of good ones of my dad as well. We've been listening to a lot of, um, you know, the Flight of the Concords. Yeah, yeah. I love Flight of the Concords. Well, all the music's on Spotify. Is it? So when I was... The business uh, socks one on the business time. Oh, mate. It's business time. It's business. Dude, it's, well, one of my favourites is A Kiss Is Not A Contract, which the girls know word for word, which I know is kind of wrong when... I don't think it's I know that, that one. A Kiss Is Not A Contract. But it's very nice, very, very nice. Just because you've been exploring my mouth doesn't mean you get to take an expedition further south, no. And my children are singing that. And I'm like, oh, Ben, you don't, you weren't singing. But like, I, I feel bad. Hold on. It's, it's all right. It's because he is teasing him. That's what it is. She's flirting. She is. And you don't really know what to do about Who's it. This? Microphone, baby. <laughs> so when they're singing that, I feel bad. But at the same time, it's cool because it's like Libby was singing, I love it when you call me Big Papa. And I, <laughs> I can't be mad at that. She doesn't roll into like, I only smoke blunts if they're rolled proper because she doesn't know what a blunt is. No, no. But she knows smoking's no. bad. Well. So it's, it's, it's all good in moderation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, uh, music. I've been adding a lot. So yeah, you do hip hop evolution. Yeah. 
and you I, do Frontier. I and do you, Frontier. And you'll understand why I'm why I'm on auction sites watching Flintlock Pistols. Dude, this is it. Cause this one's pretty sweet that I've got here, right? I think I posted it on my Instagram a, a, a year ago, a couple of years ago. So I bought this at an antique collector's fair. This is the Tower Armoury in London. This was made at. It is cool. And I like the way that it's got the ramrod built I'm just, in. I've just got something about Flintlock Pistols. I, I, I had a toy one as a kid. And I left it on the park across the road from my house. Ooh. And bigger boys smashed it to pieces. Yeah. Fuck and I was I was really upset about it. So now now I'm buying real ones. To be fair, all my toys as kids, other than Lego and Scale Electric, my main thing was guns. Yeah. I had um a, I had a record bag. It was a Transformers record bag. It was right. red. And I had, if you remember, there were a gun manufacturer for kids called K Man Matic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they I were like, remember. they were super high quality uh-huh. pistols and, yeah. and rifles with the, with a strip of caps. Not like the round ones. Some of them had the round. Yeah, yeah. Like They're like a long, thin red and you put it into a magazine. And it would feed them through. Yeah, yeah fucking I so cool. Yeah. Um, but I used to take them everywhere with me. Everywhere. And I had my dad, because there's an army surplus near us, and my dad bought me a full onesie army uh, zip up. <laughs> Not like a fleece onesie, like a proper onesie. Yeah. I had a balaclava with the eye holes. So there I am on a rally wolf cub. Or a, a Rally Street Wolf, you know the one which had f- four sounds. Wolf. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it looked like um, I had uh, a I had the Rally Cyclone. You remember the purple one yeah. with the with the, the the screens over the wheels? Yes. Yeah. They were wicked. Which slowed you down? Yeah. I need the I, just, I need the disc wheel. It was such a heavy bike. Yeah, I they were so bad. It was one of the first mountain bikes they did. But we had that, and I'd fly around the, the my dad's house. He lives on like a cul-de-sac with a with an island. I fly around doing a police siren with a bag full of guns. <laughs> yeah, it'd be problems now. I think if you saw yeah. a kid doing that, you'd be yeah. like, "All right, what's Columbine so. saying?" Not oh, good. Shit. So I'm on this auction now. This auction's going live as as I'm as we're recording this. Okay. I'm, I'm just I'm just waiting on for this flintlock pistol. There's a couple of couple of hundred lots to go yet, but they're just bidding on this thing right now. It's an uh, um, a flintlock musket in made in the 19th century for the ottoman empire oh wow it's at three thousand five hundred pound at the moment just yeah probably this, don't take that uh, no absolutely not that's no, gonna pay for a lot no. of caps i wait some on, on joe rogan money to start buying that kind of stuff yeah oh joe can buy it as <laughs> joe could buy for it a swap of some caps that's no, i don't see him wearing mm. a lot of hats he wears the dad caps don't he but it's normally an archery company yeah I yeah. think he'd like a t-shirt though. I think we should send him a t-shirt. Well, I've had enough on it t-shirts off those guys. So. Yeah, well, we'll sort them out some t-shirts yeah. and some caps. Yeah. Maybe a chest rig. That, maybe Imagine a chest rig. Imagine when Joe's upgraded from a bum bag to a chest Or he could be like a double oven. If, he if could have we, a chest rig and a bum bag. If we see Joe Rogan wearing a chest rig, then we're, we're going to make him immediately. Because just to tease Dean. Uh, so at some point I can say I told you so. At yeah. some point. Because yeah. I don't know if Starbender Dean Nolly was like so against it. Big time. Even like, though Kanye was wearing it. Yeah. Man. Like what? What does his best to try and kind of you know, like be be interested? Yeah, the but, children are but talking, as, but as less impactful as well, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Ollie and Dean were. No oh, and with, this this was when yeah, this was when he was in Japan as well. So they were yeah. probably sat next Both to each sat other. Next to each other. Yeah. Right. and you can so imagine the laptop screen goes down. It's like, can you believe that prick? <laughs> that <fuck laughs> yeah. chest rig. <laughs> Who's gonna wear a chest rig? <laughs> going back to Starbender, man. That's a that's an interesting fight for Anderson. It is. It and is. Anderson's it worries me though for Anderson. But his chin's not chucks. No, it's not. It's not. I just he's just not quite as quick anymore. That's the thing. Um. Yeah, but he's he's big. He's big for the weight That's class. True. Whereas Starbender's small for the weight class. He is. Because yeah. you know if, who is Starbender? Starbender on? against Darren Till would be a great fight. Imagine that. I think it'd be Big Brother, Little Brother. 
You reckon? Yeah, let's say it's almost like Darren Till's fighting a very similar clone. Yeah. I know a clone's exact, but it's very similar, but a younger brother. Yeah. I think Darren's just got that little bit more experience as far as being stabbed up and going through quite a bit of struggle. My fucking ear will not pop. It's still going. Ah. For, for the first time, I got upgraded to business class on the way back. How was oh, that? Oh, man. Amazing. How long did you sleep? So, <laughs> so between Beijing and Adelaide, I was, in, I was on Qantas, right? It was an 11-hour flight. And my plan okay. was I was going to stay awake for the first couple of hours. And it was one of the full down, full lay down Oy. beds. It was amazing. So I, I want to appreciate this. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. I felt incredibly spoiled. Um, so, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, if I can stay awake for the first two hours, I'll get a good eight hours sleep and then I'll be up kind of, yeah. you know, within 20 minutes I was asleep. Gone. Like flat out. Dribbling. Fast asleep. No, I always cover my head so I don't give away any, any weird photos of me looking a mess while I'm asleep because weird people are yeah. by planes, you know how they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 20 minutes into the flight I was asleep. I woke up 30 minutes before we landed. Dude, like I slept. You wasted for business class, bro. But well, that, well, this was this was a part of the problem because I didn't eat. I don't. I don't eat when I'm traveling to work. I don't mind eating on the way okay. on the plane on the way back from work. But if I'm traveling to work, I don't eat because yeah. I, I feel like shit when I get there because the food's too too salty and that yeah. kind of stuff. So, I, so I wasn't planning on eating anyway. But I also wasn't planning on sleeping for ten of the eleven hours of the flight. No. It was amazing. How about but, we fuck your body up <laughs> a bit more? But the funny thing was, I got up. Like, right before we were getting to land, I was like, right, okay, I'll go and change my shirt and brush my teeth. So I, I got up, and I was walking towards the front of the plane, and I said to this, the stewardess, I said, can you tell me where the restrooms are? And, he, and she said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, the uh, the economy restrooms are in the back. Motherfucker. <laughs> and it, immediately I switched into, like, my, my, my most polished English. I was like, how dare you? How dare you? What a presumption to make. <laughs> all of a sudden she Did you have fine bone up. china and your pinky <laughs> I do declare <laughs> oh, oh how dare you um, so and immediately she realised she'd fucked up so she started to apologise imagine and then she came over to me again and apologised um, I mean I forgave her because basically I've been asleep for so much of the flight with your head covered <laughs> looking <laughs> she, like a hostage she didn't recognise me she hadn't seen me oh you're the prisoner that's being transported <laughs> yeah that's right motherfucker I'm the prisoner yeah. Jesus yeah but it was good, man. It was it was nice to get to uh, get a proper rest. Cause like the, like I, I went to Melbourne for a UFC event last year, and it was I was on the ground for li- less than three days. It was like two and a half days. That's a kicker. And I went the whole way economy, and it's so it's like fifty six hour round trip. But the main problem is if I'm if I'm in economy, I I can't open my laptop to no. do any work. No. So I'm literally sitting on a plane for what twenty six hours. It's like a punishment. Yeah. yeah. Like tw- like. 20 something hours I'll do it on Skype it's, I, I, just, I just couldn't do anything unless I'm researching on my phone which is obviously no good at all no so yeah I mean it does the, the, the look asked me a little bit more now I get a slightly bigger seat but yeah first time in business class was, that is was cool, quite man. sweet yeah. that is really cool I felt quite spoiled I can remember when we went to Australia and this shows you how poor British I am <laughs> we, um, we flew because basically before we had kids they said I want to go to Australia my dream was always to go to New York so we went to New York for like four days, went to Australia for three weeks. And I can't complain because I was there as well. It's not like I sent her off on her own. But we went and we flew. Everything was budget we, we, to get as much as we could for what we were doing. And um, we ended up, for whatever reason, on a Qantas flight. Yeah. And it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. But the worst thing was when they came round. Bear in mind, the flight is days. So we're flying along and this guy just stopped and passed me a goodie bag. 
And my instant British thing was that, uh, well, how much is it? I haven't asked for this. How much is that? I, I, I'm not paying like mini bar prices. How much is this? And he was like, it's, it's, it's free, sir. I'm like, whoa, whoa, free, free. He's like, yeah, give me three more then. <laughs> like, honestly, instantly flipped into that. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting rolled over for this. I'm not paying a double plane flight, uh, like plane, plane bill. But yeah, so I got a load of free shit. So ever since then, whenever anyone's mentioned Qantas, I'm like, make sure you get your goodie bag. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, yeah. they, they give you like a, like a set of pajamas, headphones, headphones. You get a little bag with pretzels, a bunch of stuff, loads in. of cool shit. A- unless you're asleep for the whole time, and then you get <laughs> yeah. nothing. And someone's robbed you. Nothing. <laughs> but they're telling an exact same story <laughs> at their work now. Going, never guess who I was sat next to. Dan Hardy <laughs> robbed his bag on <laughs> one of his socks. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> I'll be able to buy it back on eBay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, just <laughs> sign it for him before he leaves. So what else haven't we talked about? Oh, we haven't talked about the Ultimate Fighter finale. Or the main. We haven't talked about JDS. We haven't talked about JDS. Do you want to finish Australia and go backwards? Go on then. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. So, what do you think? What do you think to the fight? I mean, tied to, like I said earlier, Taito Vasa just looked like he was fighting a bit too overly aggressive for me. A bit a bit too emotional. He was chasing the knockout a bit, you know. The problem is, and it's not necessarily a problem, but it, I think that they all rely a lot on having such a fucking strong chin. Absolutely. Mark Hunt has always... I know he's been turned off a couple of times, but that's just battle damage. Yeah. But, like, Pedro, Taito Ivasa, Mark Hunt, I can imagine a night out with them would be a fucking scream. Uh-huh. I would be able to keep up for about 20 minutes, and Mate, then I'm done. They're absolute savages, honestly. Yeah. They, I remember seeing Taito Ivasa in the bar after Moscow, yeah. after the Moscow event, and he was a guest fighter there because Mark was, yeah. was fighting. And um, he was doing shoeys in the bar. Yeah, of course yeah. he was. Is, when he asked Joe Rogan for his shoe and Joe was like mm, no they, they like, actually asked me in the truck so the day before so when the when the Usman RDA fight well the whole card was on I was actually at the arena in Adelaide doing rehearsals and checking so like there's a lot of videos that go into the event of, of like you know like highlights of different fighters and that kind of stuff so they like to show me so I know what to expect okay. um, and like some of them as well so like the Metro spotlights is their clips that I've picked out that oh, nice. I want to talk about and have animated and stuff. So they just show me them and make sure they're all right and That's cool. you know accurate. But at the same time, we had the the, the, the RDA fights on. Uh, so I was kind of like dipping in and out yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But yeah. It's tricky, man. I, I think the whole thing with the, with the main is after seeing what JDS did, the, the thing that brought it home to me that was JDS was old now mm. And I, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but when he was in his prime with his tiny little bit of hair, <laughs> right? He had that because it was it Cigano. It means gypsy, doesn't it? He used to have long hair. That's why yeah. they called him a gypsy, which is his nickname. Which is random trivia for you. I don't know if you need you it, go. but you've got it. So Cigano, when he knocked out Kane, and when he knocked out fucking everyone, and he just was on a tear. Like he said himself, it was his boxing. But I know he's been stopped by um, over him and all the rest of it. But he was just, it's just that he's got that one more run. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think back to when Chuck came back. Uh, sorry, Randy came back against Chuck. Not when Randy came back against Tim Sylvia. When Randy came back against Chuck the first time, everyone was like, you're way too fucking yeah. old, bro. And wasn't he like 34? Yeah. Something insane. And then fought Chuck two more times, so, got another title, defended it, all that shit, and came uh-huh. back against Tim Sylvia. What the fuck? So I know he's not old, but it's only when they play the replays and you're seeing him starch people, so it gives you a bit of excitement. Yeah. And then you see him now, it's like fuck. Yeah, you you got like a. Com- it's like it's like they've released a new version of Guess Who, 
and it was a different artist that did the nose. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's like... Um, you know, the thing, I, w- I was a bit concerned about how he'd do against Ty Tuivasa because I thought if, if Ty can get close enough to clip him with a big shot, yeah. that's like, it wouldn't take it wouldn't take much to put him on the floor because he has had a couple of bad knockouts. Yeah. Like the, the Overeem one Felt. comes to mind. So my concern was that he wouldn't be able to stay away from Ty for long enough to not get clipped. But then on the, on the flip side, my concern for Ty is that he'd be chasing the knockout so much that Sagano would be able to just back up use his good footwork, use his boxing and just kind of keep yeah. on the end of a jab until he walked him onto something. And then when I watched him at the open Lab workouts, exactly. With that, with that spinning, I've just, just clipped kick, the top of your head. Right? Just clipped yeah. it. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was beautiful. But when I saw them at the open workouts and a lot of people said this to me as well, JDS looked good at the open workouts. Mm. He was moving well. He was he was fast. He was. You he know. seems he seems a lot more relaxed. I know that there was a lot of hype around him and when he beat Kane... The second fight, which was actually a fight, the first one wasn't really a fight, was it? You know, when it was a, it was a no. Fox debut, I know he caught him with that sort of back of the head and just sparked him. The second one, when when Kane came back and proved a point, JDS was going through a divorce. And then there was a lot of stuff where he was going Brazil and back. And uh-huh. I know he's one of, one of the Brazilian fighters that has really worked diligently on his English. You know, which you imagine trying to do that when you're trying to be the best in the world and learn another language and yeah. manage fame and the money and all this other shit that when you've never had anything. So I think to me, he just sent very much more at peace. Uh-huh. He just sent so much more chill. Yeah. And it worried me That's when Ty caught him with that kick. Because I was like, oh, fuck. That must have been fucking hard to make JDS mm. wince. And completely change how he's fighting. Yeah, but I just and I don't ever want to see Ty Tuivasa against any other grapplers because I always want to see him come out and just bomb someone and then just fucking drink out of a shit. I know. I had someone fucking. I had someone tweet at me. Some I, I get some of the stupidest tweets sometimes. I really do. I mean, a shout out to all those people that tweet stupid stuff at me. I don't know. I don't know how you've made it this far in life without walking into a bus or Fives something. to you. Ridiculous. <laughs> And someone tweeted that because I said I said on the commentary, as soon as he started to punch from the bottom, bottom mount, yeah. I was like, that's that's He's it. Done. He's turtle. Like, it yeah. wasn't even an intelligent defend. It was no. not. It was just literally like a kid being sat and going, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Which you you need a bit of a stronger wrestling game. Like punch from mount bottom is I have no other options. Is what that yeah. is. And, and he said in the post fight interview, he said he felt like a turtle. He felt like a turtle. You know which I mean? if you feel like that after nine fights. You've done all right to get here, yeah. but maybe ring Roy Nelson or someone of your size-ish or yeah. someone who can just go, oh no, this is how we do this, bro. We use this. Yeah. We use this Thundergut to our... I'll tell you who would be, be a good training partner for him would be Frank Mir. Oh, Can mate. you imagine that? I've got a story about Frank Mir off air. Which go on, I can't tell you. I can't, oh no, off air. Oh, is that I can't right? Tell you it's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know Frank Mir is responsible for my Star Wars Lego collection? Yes, because he bought you the Millennium He Falcon. bought me the Millennium Falcon. I'd imagine. resisted so long. So I'd hold on, so, so we've long. got... Bruce Buffer following you on a toboggan. Frank down Mir the Great bought, Wall of China. Down the, yeah, not just on a toboggan, I mean. Not bad. <laughs> He's down the Great Wall of China. You've got Frank Mir starting your epic... I'm pointing to it now because I know it's just in that room <laughs> and I can't play with it. It's, it's started your epic Lego collection. Like, yeah. that, dude, this is just man points yeah. for days. If Not So Zoo was still out, <laughs> you'd have a whole back page of just random shit you've done. You know, I, here's, here's one other random story as well. So um, it was one of the last times that the tap out had a sale, a tap out sale at the warehouse. Okay. So like as tap out grew, it started off with mask and well, basically mask. He was like selling screen printed t-shirts at the back of his car. Rest in peace, man. Absolutely. Um, You had a good idea. We're going to put the, uh, 
the the banner on Charles our, Mask Lewis. Yeah, on our cage at Definitely. the uh, Harley Warlord gym when it opens up. We've got to do that. Well, that's a nod to vintage UFC For sure. and a nod to a nod to Mask. Beautiful. We've got to do it. Um, like, I mean, tap out back in the day, and that's kind of like, well, you know, there was a tweet somebody somebody replied to a, a post I think on Instagram, and I kind of got into it with them a little bit about okay. the collective and about what we're doing and yeah, that yeah. kind of thing, and. Like for me, one one of the best things, one of the most important things in my career, like there was there was important things like Cage Warriors was important. Ian Dean at Cage Warriors was important yeah. in like finding me the right fights that would challenge me and you know keep me moving forward. And I mean, I was difficult because I didn't want to fight. I didn't want easy fights. I wanted to make sure I was fighting the good guys. It got so, you to where you are. Absolutely. I just wanted to progress fast. I was impatient. But then the other thing was tap out because when like when I was fighting out in Japan, they were paying me five hundred dollars a fight. Okay. They were flying me out there. Me and me and my coach Owen Comrie, we would fly out there. They pay me five hundred dollars to fight. It would cost me way more than that to train for the fight. Yeah. So, like I like I wasn't like I was just it was costing all me experiences to fight. right. Absolutely, I was it was costing me to fight. And there was a time when I was out at Legends and they were filming. You, you remember the um, the tap out show? Yeah, though that's right. where they found Cowboy and John Dodson. Absolutely. So they came to Legends and they did one on, um, uh, it was a guy called Sky Epstein. He was uh, one of Eddie Bravo's um, black belts, okay. Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. He was excellent, very strong, real good squeeze, you know, like, like a very, very talented grappler. Um, and he was having a few MMA fights. I think he was unbeaten at the time. Anyway, Tap Out had come and they brought the bus and they were parked up outside Legends. and It's worth a watch. If it you've was not amazing. seen it, it's yeah. definitely worth a watch. It, it must still be on YouTube somewhere. Um, and I, 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 at the time, was basically a striking coach. So, like, I was in the show and, you know... But they didn't know me as a fighter. I wasn't in the UFC at this time. And I remember Mask and uh, Skyscrape and Punkass, they all walked in, into the gym. And I shook hands with them all and, uh, like... Uh, Scrape had wandered off and gone into the gym to find where Scott was. Cameras had followed him, and I was chatting to Mask, and we were just going back and forth. And I was saying, oh, "I am, I'm out fighting in Japan at the moment." And he was like, "Oh, well, you know, if you got a sponsor, maybe we should sponsor you." And, you know, like straight away, no questions, just like you're here, you, you're from the That's UK, the you're trying. He, he just, he like, he just straight away, he was like, "Well, what, you know, maybe we'll sponsor you then. Maybe we'll get behind you." And he, he said, "What's your name?" I said, "My name's Dan Hardy." But he heard. That I he heard me say Doc Holiday, so immediately he turns around and he shouts to Scrape. He shouts to Scrape. He's like, Scrape, this kid's called Doc Holiday. I'm like, no, 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 no. My name's Dan Hardy, but my nickname is the Outlaw. He was like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. someone's been watching too much Young Guns. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they sponsored me for those three fights in Japan, and they paid me three times what the promotion paid me to fight, like five hundred dollars from the promotion, fifteen hundred dollars from Tap Out. And the know? thing is, what would you ever have done for them in the time you were with them? You'd have done anything, right? Absolutely, and and, and they weren't making they weren't making a great deal of, of money off me necessarily. I mean, I was fighting on on a, on Cage Force in Japan. Yeah, you know, but dude, only it, the hardcore were watching that. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's one of them where it just shows. This is, I think, how I know you mentioned it before. The way that Tap Out used to roll up, open the van, would sell out the van. But the main thing was it was the experience. It's being part of that and that's exactly yeah. what the collective is built on because my experience with tap out was meeting them at the uh fan expo ufc uh-huh. fan expo and obviously unfortunately mask wasn't there at the time because he passed away in that fucking horrendous uh ferrari accident so there was scrape and Poncas, but they couldn't have they couldn't have been more involved yeah. and obviously mask was bleeding tap out whereas 
I know they sold it eventually and there was all this different stuff that cracked off, but the fact that it was the customer experience, nothing's too much trouble, everything. And it was just, for me, that's why I want to know why we've made this top this way. Mm -hmm. What material has gone into this? Why the bags are biodegradable and recyclable mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. And everything has got a reason and a story. Nothing stack it, I sell it cheap. I don't want to be in Top Man and ASOS no. so that we've got Billy Satney Kid going. Because to me, it was always about What's that logo mean? Or what's that font? Or what's that style? Why mm -hmm. is your shirt like a setting, like straight line? Or why is it a raglan cut? Mm -hmm. Which means something to a fashion person. Yeah. But I'd like to be able to answer that. Yeah. Whereas when I've got Billy Saturday like at Top Man, he goes, don't know, it's 25 quid. <laughs> That's wank. Yeah. That's dog shit. Yeah. Like you can't go and meet Mr. Nike or Adi Dazzler. And, and, and I know I've said it before, but the main difference now is, and this is going on to the collective a little bit from the the, um, the Black Friday. I've got a massive thank you to say because we make everything. Mm. So if you've got one of our pieces, it's one of an, a limited number. Yeah. But the difference is, is now everyone's used to Amazon. And so am I, so are you. We, we're all into it. The difference is everyone wants everything yesterday. Mm -hmm. And if you, you can be lying in bed and you think, oh, just check what's on there. And it's there the next day. With full reptile what we're expecting to do is people to believe in something they've never seen before never tried never had and actually put their money up and get something and be part of the crew blindly mm -hmm. and then patiently waiting <laughs> and the majority of people that have messaged have purely been it's like it took me from monday to friday to get all the orders out and that's not me being Billy Big Bollocks about the amount of orders. It was just, it was a lot of yeah, shit to do. Yeah, I kind of left you on your own a little yeah, bit. because I went was, to China I was and Australia <laughs> and didn't even bring the Tim Tams. So with that in mind, I was just, not only was I worried about getting everything done, I was worried about their experience. So people definitely got some extra shit this time. There were yeah. badges, there were stickers, there's so much other shit flying about. But it was just a massive thank you to put out there to all of them essentially yeah. everyone that's been involved everyone that supported us everyone that's bought anything i mean there's more stuff coming this weekend ready for christmas oh yeah but it, it was just a, a massive thank you just for everyone's patience because a, a lot of the people as well leaving messages leaving notes on the uh on the form and the and the prize went out david t got your prize absolutely he did that was, that was a great photo of him I was, Great photo of him. Dude, it was wicked. I was <laughs> gutted to see that bag go because it's such a nice bag. It's one of one. Literally, I've only made that one. By accident, it got sent to Mandy, bless her, and she decided to put a badge on it. And I was like, God damn, that looks good. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, I know that's a tangent off, off tap out, but I, I, I take a lot from that because I see that obviously at the time now, tap out wanker. You can't. I know, it's a shame. Like, so... Back in the day, Tap Out, they, they started off in this small warehouse and then they kind of took over the rest of the complex slowly, just kind of consumed all the other buildings until they had this like, it was like a horseshoe shape and they had like uh, like a roller shutter door with this wicked, it was like a 1954 something Trump. or other. No, it was a it was a like a like a Chevy Malibu, okay, soft top Malibu, and they'd add. You remember um, Mr. Cartoon, the guy that did all yes. the artwork. for... He's just in a collab with the Hundreds. Is that right? Yeah, it's a cat. It's fucking next level. Brilliant. He, he, he did the the artwork for um, uh, Grand Theft Auto, didn't he? Yes. All the tattoos on that. Yeah. Um, so he hand painted this thing. So like all like the paintwork on it, it's all oh, it's it's amazing. That's when someone this thing. cares though. But that's what like they. I mean, they they had a lot of fun with the money they made. But at the same time, they sponsored so many fighters that they didn't get much back from. Yeah. And it was it was just important to for me at that time that they they kind of they they brought something that everybody could gravitate towards and kind of build something on themselves. So like I would like this last signing that I was talking about. It was. 
I don't know. I can't remember when it was in the year, but it was like they, they had this sale once a year where they'd open up the tap out warehouse and they'd bring out all their old stock and they would sell stuff off for like hardly anything. But at the same time, they would have about like four fighters signing an hour at a time, like on a cycle. And there were like 40 fighters there because everybody wanted to help tap out. Of because course. they always helped You're us out. Back, man. It was brilliant. So like, I, I would, so I did a sign in one day. It was, it was me, Jeremy Stevens, Jens Pulver and Kimbo Slice. You know what I mean? And then and as we were changing, it was like Dan Henderson and Kendall Grove and, you know, Chris Lee. Like there was... Well, the entire roster, basically. Yeah, it basically. I mean, you could have made probably two or three UFC events out of the people that yeah, were just at this someone thing, just stood in right? the background making a cage. Like, <laughs> we just make some money while we do it. So it oh, it was on a Saturday. That's it. Because then, because at the end of the at the end of the day, there was a UFC event on, and they had a cinema at the tap out warehouse. They one, didn't they? Yeah. Right. It was amazing. So I'm now in this cinema with all these fighters, and and to me, I mean, I was I was still small fish at the time in comparison. I mean, like I always felt like I was like, oh shit, I'm. I'm one of the new kids that's, here. And, that's right, Mia. Yeah. Yeah. And like Jens Pulver was sitting in front of me, for, for example. Like he turned oh, around and he was like, oh, dad, I've been, I've been watching you fight. Some bit. Yeah, it, was, it was crazy. Mind blowing. It was, it was one of those kind of days for me. But just between the tap out sale ending and all the signings finishing, we were all get, getting a bit of food and we were about to start watching the UFC event. There was uh, an incredible Hulk statue in the uh, tap out warehouse. It was probably, I don't know. Maybe Hulk f- size. Yeah, 15 foot high. It was massive. Shit. I, I think Scrape had found it on eBay or something and they'd bought it and had it shipped to the warehouse because they'd filled this place with all cool stuff. There was there was like artwork and weapons on the wall. There were like like crazy chairs and tables. Just like in Stag World would be. Absolutely. Exactly, Stag World. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and they had a drum kit in front of this, this massive Hulk statue. And you remember Stephen Quadros, the fight professor? Yeah. So he just sat down and it was... You remember that scene out of Wayne's World where Garth sits behind the drum kit in the in the music shop? Yeah. And he's just like... Tss, tss, dum, 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 tss, tss, dum. Like like he doesn't really know what yeah. he's doing. He just kind of wants to go... And then immediately breaks just into like out. a... Like just destroying the drum kit. That's basically what happened. So everybody's standing in small groups just eating a bit of food and stuff. And like just in the corner, Stephen Quadros has just sat down at this drum kit and he's just going... Dum, 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 just kind just of feeling it out unleash. and then immediately just drops into this exactly just just tears this drum kit apart it was the, one of the most surreal things and I remember in that moment I just kind of stood back and I'm like I'm watching Stephen Quadros play the drums in front of a giant incredible Hulk statue wake me up and it's like yeah <laughs> and I'm like and I'm just going through I'm just going around the room of fighters and seeing all of these superstars the alumni it was it was one of the craziest experiences. That was, yeah. We were just chalking things up for you at the minute. I know, we? right? We're just smashing yeah. them out there. It's been, uh, but I, I will say that uh, being chased down at a toboggan by Bruce Buffer was. That's got to be top, man. It's a highlight. That's a highlight yeah, for it's sure. Be really high. Yeah. Because I, I can remember I met, I know meeting John Jones was pretty big back at the time. Mm-hmm. That was at the expo. And, and we basically, me and China had gone to the expo. We'd been around, we met a load of people. It was really good. And, I can't remember if I told this story before. I might have done. Either way, it might have been on the other podcast. So basically, we were up the front of the railings and Johnny Bones is still not the champion at this point. So he was talking about how he got his nickname and all the other shit and it was fine. And he said, oh, we'll do some signing. So we'll just get some pictures. So he came down to the front of the railings and China is the most direct motherfucker you've ever met. (laughs) Uh, And he can back it up, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we're in central London and... 
it's one of them where it's like two kids on a school trip. Do you know what I mean? We've got to take a fucking tube for the first time. We've got to do shit that you're not used uh, to doing. So you're a bit out of depth. It's not like the Warriors getting back to Coney Island. It was just two country bumpkins like yeah. trying not to get murdered. Before. In the big smoke. Yeah, let's not be a statistic, eh? <laughs> so we've been really well behaved all day. And uh, it was more a principle of a thing that basically we'd stood and queued for a while. And this guy just barged past China. And he was fucking... He was he looked like Stylebender, but bigger. He was fucking huge. And I was like, oh, shit. Bigger boys came. Leave that. I'll have a picture after you. And he literally, China was like, oi, dickhead. And I was like, and you know, and you're like, mm. and you can just feel your balls just sort of going, mm. and I was like, oh, man, this is really going to hurt. But he's my boy. I, there's literally, I, I might be able to swing once. I might land. Yeah. Who knows? He might just fucking chew me up. So this guy just turned around and was like, do you want to get stabbed? And Tyler was like, who fucking by? I'm like, dude, <laughs> please, please, let's let's not let's not get into this gang warfare right now. We just want a picture with Johnny Bones. <clears throat> He's not our boy. He's not going to have our back. No. And luckily, it was one of them where I, I shoved, I'd had a picture at this point. I shoved China towards the railings, took a picture, grabbed him, and we fucking bolted so fast. Because... I don't know who was there, how many of them was there, but I was fucking genuinely <laughs> in fear of my life because it was not even a case. Normally, someone barges past, like, "Oh, sorry, bro, You're all good." Because yeah. I'm not, I don't need, I don't need confrontation, no. I don't need aggro. So it's just the way he was like, "Hey, motherfucker, <laughs> I've been stood in this queue," and yeah, yeah, not good. But it's not really one that I can put up there. Like, oh, I met Johnny Bones and did this and that. I did go out with. I said before I went out for dinner with Randy. That was all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, strange fella. Is it? Got a lot yeah. of scarves. Randy, you know, they're yeah. military scarves. Uh-huh. You know, them ones like he's going to do a tour of... Yeah. Uh, Wears it with a T-shirt. Yeah, uh-huh. an Affliction T-shirt. Yeah. And ne- a, and ne- a, next cold, but arms are... Arms yeah, are and a cadet cap. <laughs> a lot of cadet military caps. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, working on my, I'm working on my list yeah. that, I, that I can flex Well, out. we'll start building on that. We'll start, yeah, we'll for start real. Building on that. When, when, when the collective starts heading to UFC events. Oh, dude, this is it. When I'm just walking around with T-shirts, <laughs> just with tote bags. I've got like six tote bags around me just handing right. out T-shirts. We've got the London event coming up. You should come to that for definitely, sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, man. That's, um, yeah. We, we, I've, been, I've been hearing loads of people talk about who they want on the card. I'm, I'm hearing uh, a lot of people say Darren Till. A lot of people want Darren Till on God, the card. Got to have Darren Till on there, Got right? to be. Who against, though? Well, I don't know. This is the thing. I mean, if he stays at welterweight, someone like a, like a Ponzinibbio would be a good fight. Someone that's, you know, I mean... As long as you put thimbles on his fingers. Yeah, I, I just, I'd love to see him go up to up to middleweight, really. Mate, I could see I could see him giving a lot of people problems. Even mm. Gastelum and uh, and Bobby Knuckles. Yeah. I could see it being a, a great fight. A, right. Awesome great fight, Because I know we've jumped past um, the UFC Ultimate Fighter finale. Oh, yeah, we have, haven't we? But... I mean, I, I didn't. I'd say, the thing is, I didn't watch most of. I tell you one thing, I did watch, which a lot of people were talking about over in Adelaide, was the Benavidez Alex Perez fight. I missed it. Was it so, good? Uh, it was good. I mean, Benavidez is Benavidez is, is a is a great fighter. I mean, I've always been a big I, fan I of his, like, the way yeah. he moves, the way he fights. He's aggressive. He takes chances. Yeah. But the the um, like Eve Levine kind of jumped in and almost stopped the fight, but then didn't. It was a it was weird. Oh, okay. It was like. I think he was trying to warn him for the shots to the back who, of the who head. Who won? Uh, Benavides oh, did. Oh, good. But when, but when Eve Levine stepped in to kind of break the fight and to kind of, to warn him for the shots to the back of the head, I think Benavides thought the fight was won and he turned away and started to celebrate. And then 
Perez was straight back in on Benavidez's leg, so he had to like sprawl again. And Best in was, the game. Eve yeah. Levine. <laughs> Cheers, Eve. It was it was weird. It was just awkward. Um that, yeah. But to be honest, I mean it, like people were talking about the shot the shots that Benavidez were throwing, but like the back of the head is below the ears. Like so the back of the head on the top's actually alright. Like the crown of the head. Yes. I awful mean, shot, awful place to get get fucking hit. Well yeah, you see a lot of people getting but the the problem is when there's a flurry of punches you can't say it's not no. pinpoint you no. can't say this one's going to hit the cheekbone this one's going to hit the jaw you're just flailing man. yeah it, it, I know it's with it's flailing with precision <laughs> but it's like when someone kicks the, their yeah, foot wraps around absolutely yeah it's problems yeah but I mean that I, was it was just kind of weird it was like a yeah I didn't like, get to watch a lot I got to watch I watched the Brian Carraway I, I was just interested to see how Brian yeah what did you think to that I thought it was early did you? Yeah. yeah, an early stoppage. Yeah, it was one of them. It was tricky because all I could think the whole time was just the only two questions anyone ever asked Brian Carraway are, have you got any nudes of Misha Tate? <laughs> and how is it to get chewed out by Ronda on the Ultimate Fighter? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's not a lot else that I don't think anyone's asking. Yeah. But I was, I was gutted for him. And then the Kamar Usman against... Um, I, don't understand how, I don't understand how the scores were as they were, though. Like one judge had it fifty forty three, and another judge had it forty eight forty seven. Yeah, what are they watching? I don't know. Who's like it? they need to be sat down and interviewed, because that just doesn't make any sense at all. I'm not wishing my life away, and I'm not wishing the the, the evolution of the sport away either, because I like the fact that we've got these pockets of craziness and like the old school shit. But there needs to be enough retired fighters now, like Frank Mir. Absolutely. And all these other people that just drop straight Bang Ludwig. Uh-huh. They're just a permanent position of being a judge. Because I know with I know with Bang, I suppose you've got a you've got a problem with obviously being a coach at the minute yeah. for a certain camp, but we need those guys to be referees and judges. Yeah. Because the amount of times you see refs stepping in, you're like, What the fuck are you right. doing, my man? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Someone's and- posting up and getting clipped, but they they're still posting up and they're blinking. It's yeah. it's not like I mean Tyson Fury reset himself and came back up again. And then the ref was like, are you all right? Yeah, prove it. Just walk over there and back. What the fuck, bro? Yeah. Like, that's, it's not, it's, it's yeah. not a roadside test. I'd love to see more fighters move into judging and stuff. I mean, it, like like you said, there must be enough around. There are so Massive. many guys that should... like. This, I, I, I wonder if maybe there's some kind of program that could be set up where, you know, once you've retired, you can kind of... Definitely, you know, like but, like a job recruitment thing yeah, for but retired even like fighters. A, a Phil Brony or a Chris Lieb and all these guys that have been journeymen and have and have paved the way genuinely for this sport and they've they, they've put the time in, but they weren't there at a time of of affluence or anything like that. So mm. they they're still struggling. They're they're doing fucking stupid bare knuckle fights for yeah. for peanuts and selling stuff as well. Yes, was it Mark Coleman who was selling one of his Mark's pride old, trophies? Mark Coleman sold his trophy. Yeah. Man. That broke my heart. But is why can't they be not a guest referee? They'll be a referee mm. because. They're not in a camp now that they're going to be biased towards a, a no. lion's den or a fucking shooter box or whoever it is. But then even if they are, they just, you know... They're they, not they going to ref that one. Exactly. They just well, make that... A, like like Mark Goddard doesn't referee uh, Tom Breeze's fights because they used to train together. Yeah. Dan Mergliotta is always refing uh, Frankie Edgar's <laughs> and then texting his mum halfway through the fight. He's all, he's all right. He's all right. He's not going to lose it. Oh, it's just been clipped. I text you back. Do you know what I mean? What do you think to uh, Holloway Ortega? I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. Did you watch the Inside the Octagon? I have it's... not watched the Inside the Octagon yet because I have been that busy with so much other stuff. I've literally not been on YouTube. And to be fair, the kids have been watching a lot of ASMR. What? Have you not seen ASMR? No. 
Okay, so the first thing was the, if you get to Google it or put it on Twitter or something, is the virtual haircut. So basically, you put a pair of headphones on and there's a guy that comes in and he does a virtual haircut where they've got two microphones set up on your left ear and your right ear and it sends shivers down your back. It's fucking brilliant. But ASMR is like a, a sensory thing. So like, there's a woman eating pickles and someone will get a kick out of these, or there's a woman tapping the desk or scratching something. Or and Moo has got into doing these videos. She's she's ten. She wants a microphone for Christmas so she can do an ASMR video, mm-hmm. which she could make a living out of Crazy. looking at YouTube and shit, which is bananas. When my mum wouldn't even let me have the telly on when I'm revising. <laughs> so obviously shit's changing. So on my laptop now, or my phone, or my YouTube account, it's all ASMR videos, Shopkin videos, and how to make slime videos. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying they were into slime. It kills me. Because the problem is, before I'd go on my account and literally flick up and they'd be like, MMA Hour, A Heat, you name it. you either got Karen Bryan, fucking Ariel, all these different people that I recognise go, oh, yeah, I can listen to you for 10 minutes, happy days. Not now. It's it's literally... been taken over. Oh, mate, yeah. It's, you it's need like a, a second virus. phone. You'll have to get a second phone, a, a UFC phone. I'll just kick them out. I've been thinking about getting a UFC phone. I think I might need a, a second one just to keep all my, all my UFC stuff on. It's... Just call it the Bruce phone. Yeah, the, <laughs> the buffer. The buff phone. Yeah. Yeah, Inside the Oscars Out, it's a, what we a, whole 30, a whole 32 minutes and 16 seconds. So what was your, what was your takeaway? Don't ruin it completely because I will watch it, but I'm be, obviously we're probably going to have a coffee and talk about it anyway. But. <laughs> um, well, there were a lot, of things that, a lot of interesting things that came out of it. First one is that they get stronger as the fight goes on. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, and in my opinion... Um, Max Holloway tends to throw in the first round or two just to kind of see what their reactions are. Yeah. So like his his output's quite low and his success rate's quite low. But then as the fight goes on, particularly into the third round, his success rate's really high. It just looks like he's stealing the game plan uh-huh. the whole time. It's like, you know when you watch any uh, movie, any thriller, and someone's having to transfer data onto a USB flash drive yeah. while someone's coming into the room and they're looking, it's like 87%. 88%, 89%. And that's almost like what Max Holloway's doing for the first two rounds. Yeah. And if he can make it to 100, then you're fucked. Yeah. Because when it was against Jose, I mean, I will put Jose up on the biggest pedestal in the world. He's the fucking man. He looked bad in the first couple of rounds. Not bad, but he, he looked like Jose was winning. Yeah. To, to look at what the result was, if you only watch the first two rounds, you'd be like, in what world? does Max Holloway win this? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, But that's absolutely. because he's downloaded the whole cheat pack uh-huh. and, the, and, the, and the game plan and sort of gone, okay, I've got it now, brother. So I've got it here. I've got it pulled up. Um, so the stats, so the first first round, second round, third round, 37% success rate, 35% success rate, 65% success rate. And it's like, and, and it's the number of strikes he threw. I can't remember the stat now because I've, I've, replace that oh, hard mate, with them Mr. Tickle with, arms yeah. they were flailing like a motherfucker exactly but he went from from throwing like 30 shots in the first round to throwing nearly 200 in the third round precisely with the, with the higher success rate as yeah. well and Brian Ortega does the same thing like the amount of times he's been going into the third round losing the fight like against Clay Guida yeah. and Moicano and then he just <clears> snags <throat> a guillotine when they shoot or knocks him out with a knee like yeah. he did against Guida Condit used to do it yeah. Do you know when Connor did it against Roy McDonald? Yeah, against Thiago Alves again. He lost the first round and came and out and beat just, the shit yeah, through him. Opened him right up with all those yeah. elbows. Mm. But I think the thing is, when I look at Ortega and Holloway, I'm partly concerned about Holloway because of him having that concussion and looking a bit like crazy-eyed. 
Yeah, I, yeah. Because he's not the, fought since then. That's so it's the been question. A long layoff. Uh-huh. But his stable of who he's beaten is pretty much everyone. Mm. I know he's had a couple. I know. He, I know he's. I know he's been beat. Obviously, the last one was Connor, which was impressive. But a long time ago, a young and Holloway's young. Yeah. I mean, to fight, uh, to beat Jose twice convincingly right. yeah. is bananas. I look at Ortega, and he's just so smooth and mm-hmm. slick. But against Frankie Edgar, I'm not taking anything away from Frankie Edgar, but he's a lot smaller. Yeah. And he's yeah, very, very, that. very predictable. Uh-huh. And he's got an older chin. So, I mean, I, for Ortega to do what he did was incredible. It was good. I was surprised how much bigger Ortega looked in that fight. Ridiculous. And then with Cobb. Yeah. To sub Cobb the way he did. Sub Cobb. To, to sub Cobb.com. <laughs> Not just to get him into the guillotine, but then to readjust and be right. like, you, "You're done." Bro. Yeah, and that body shot as well. You know, before he. Uh, yeah, yeah. But is is Ortega's is who Ortega's fought before? Does it match up against what? That's the question. And then, but then you know, does Max Holloway coming back from the, a concussion-like symptom be the Max Holloway that we all know? I mean, like he could be sixty percent of himself. Exactly. That's what worries me. That's yeah. what concerns me purely because. I just, he needs I really a tune think up. it's about weight. I, th- I really think it's about weight. He, he's he, he's going to have to go up a weight class. He's going to have yeah. to. It, I, I'm I'm interested to see him step on the scales for this one because that's when we'll really know. Has he dropped out of a fight before because of weight as well? well. He took uh, the lightweight fight on short notice against Khabib, and okay. then they they took him that's out of it. the weight. Yeah, because you did the yeah yeah because that was at 55. He was supposed to be fighting Khabib at 55, and they pulled him out because he was. He wasn't doing well with the weight cut. I mean, I know it was short notice, but that's still ten pounds over his normal weight class. And how bad do you have to be for a doctor to look at you and be like, "Bro, yeah, you can't do that." Yeah, especially with the amount of money that's put put into it as well. Mm. So take all the ethics out of it about the fact that it's a human being and all the rest of it. But you know, when there's that much money in something, you're like, "You sure you can't just sock it off a bit?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, no, exactly. I mean, it, they they wouldn't have pulled him out of the fight unless it was important. And that's and that's twice now. You know what I mean? That's twice now. Yeah, I, I do see a lot of hunger in Ortega that I saw in um, Max. Yeah, I just it, think Max. I just think Max performs better at lightweight. I just, I just, I think Darren Till will find the same thing. I think a lot of fighters will will would feel that if they went up a weight class. Yeah, I mean we've seen it. I, I'm concerned that Cowboy's talking about going back down, like going down from 170 to 155 when he's not made that weight in what two years. Yeah. And he's two years older now. It doesn't make a it, difference. Man. He looked, I mean, that's it. On Mike Perry, and he, and he told you about Mike Perry. I listened to your, yours and Dean's um, podcast with Mike Perry's like, <laughs> you fucking go, man. I don't want to get hit right now. Fucking gold. He's hilarious. He needs to, because I was saying to Dean on the Australia card, is it Yusuf? Uh-huh. Wow. Yusuf, yeah. Sadiq I know they're different Yusuf. weight classes, which uh-huh. Dean pointed out to me, which I, I don't worry about that sort of shit. <laughs> Him, Yusuf against Perry, or Yusuf against someone like um, Garbrandt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But then, I mean, uh, he's a lightweight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's where, that's why we need the 162 weight class. Yeah, who called out for oh, that? Oh, no, no, no. No, Yusuf's a featherweight. All oh, right, my bad. Well, his legs aren't. No, exactly. Fucking spiders. I felt, honestly, I felt like that was a bit of an early stoppage. I felt like, like Simon Mokhtarin was still in the fight. Yeah, it was. Felt, it, was I mean? it was early, but at the same time, he looked. I just think, I think the thing is, and I mentioned this in commentary as well, when you watch Sadiq Yusuf fight on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, on the Contender Contender. Series, because they're in the tough gym and the, and the tough gym's like empty and quiet, 
like you can hear the power of his shots yeah. and it's dramatic i mean they like when he was fighting mike That's what davis he said on the uh, yeah on the on the like just sounds like they're, like they're taking chunks out of him and i think because sumon had been hurt and he would backed up to the fence i mean he was looking at his opponent i thought he was still there he was just hurt and he was covering up well and he was he was choosing to cover his head instead of his body even though yes. he's getting hit with body shots I think with the referee being so close to that power and hearing that the crack of those shots, yeah. I think that's part of the reason why he stepped in. Exactly, hit me with a stick. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's weird, weird power. It's I'm looking forward power. to seeing him again. But uh, I mean, at featherweight, he could go on a real tear. Yeah, I can't division. wait to see that again. Can't wait to see him again. Yeah. Right. Should we wrap this up? That's been an hour and thirty-five. Oh really? Yeah. We're we still rambling. Talks about all kinds. Mate, of I've got stuff. shit to go for days. Know, we, we can we, we can let people get back to work. It's not a problem. <laughs> um, I, what I've, I've got someone to say thank you to, and it was Rob, Rob Clark. Rob has been on me about the snappies for days, right? And obviously we uh, we dropped them in their Black Friday launch, and they went. Well, he had to do me a favour because <laughs> I only had I, I'd sold out of all the medallion, but there was one that we had made with the green underside. Oh yeah. Well, for whatever reason, at 3 a.m. when I was putting all the products online, I must have put the product amount uh, too many. I, I put one over. I right. put, however many we had made, I, I put one over. And when I came to rework the orders the next day, I had four left of the uh, of the black and black and one, which I'd put away. I'd put away for um, Ross Edgley. Right. Because we were like, we'll send him a snappy. And I thought, oh, yeah, that yeah. one's exclusive. It's wrong to a degree. I'll send it him. <laughs> So it got to the point where I put everything out and I was like, oh shit, I've got one more order. And I'd just been speaking to Rob and I, and I was like, dude, you got to do me a big favour. Are you going to be all right with this? I was like, it's completely exclusive, one of one. Oh, has he got a one-off then? And he it? was like, are you going to be all right with that? And he was like, yes, send it in now. <laughs> send it in. And he's just, he texted me yesterday to say, is that on the way? Because I've been sat waiting for the postman like a kid every morning. <laughs> and he's literally just texted me now and said, turned up today. Thanks, man. That's awesome. So when he is listening to this, and because he, he listens to the podcast because he's a driver, if he would have had the chance to say something else, do you think it would have been a bit longer? If he was going to get read out on the podcast? If I, am I going to get messages every Wednesday? Like, just tell Dan this. <laughs> so yeah, so thank you. Oh, I mean, thank you to everyone. But yeah, he was, uh, he was a star. He, he stuck, stuck one up for me and, yeah. and took it. So it well, that's a, it's a one-off, you know what I mean? We were talking about making the ones with the green on we the definitely side. Will. We definitely will. Yeah, we will. It's just at the minute to keep my brain from complete mush yeah. I've just got when I'm ordering stuff I know I've just got to make everything's red red black black green green so what what hats have we got on the way what have we got on the way do you remember I do have you got the list in your head I do are we going to release it here mind you Wednesday's coming out tomorrow and then the sale is going to be on sale Friday so whoever listens gets the exclusive don't there we it? go so I've got snappies I've got the black and black there's the red and red which is the one that I was wearing which mate so many people have yeah. asked for. I've even bought my red trainers. I've, I've dug my nice. red trainers. I've got to match. So I got my my black, red, and spruce, which was the green one, which people lost their shit for right, when the you one had I posted on. before I left for, for uh, Beijing. Yeah, yeah. So there's the spruce. Or they'll both be medallion and visionary. Nice. Then we've got the dad caps. The first drop of the dad caps. So they're the ones with the the bent peak, but they're actually the same manufacturer as our snaps. Right, so oh, they're, but they're the flexy ones, They're right? a flex yeah. fit Yupong, which are the best of the best. Mm. So we're going to have, uh, I believe, black, red, and olive. Right. Again, they're going to have visionary because the, the medallion is a, it's a bit too a bit big. Too it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be, uh, it's going to look a bit out of place. There's going to be a couple of different colours on beanies because the beanies fly. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, David T. I mean, he he won the competition. He actually messaged me. He's like, "Look, I'd love a snapback, but I won't wear it." 
So we swapped it out for a beanie. Right. Which, at the end of the day, I don't want to send you something you don't want. No, no, absolutely. So that was good. And then um, there's going to be polo shirts. Yep. Got some brand new polo shirts, which are, they're going to be embroidered. So you've got a nice embroidered patch. Um, Long sleeve and short sleeve. Bags. The executive bags. (laughs) Yeah. Dude. I want them ready for next year because I want to. I want to take them when I'm traveling, mate. You're gonna have a full tilt. Like each bag will have a, <laughs> will have a full. Nice. Just honestly, they're really good. So there's going to be a full range of uh, vegan leather bags. Uh, again, with the uh, with the uh, embroidered badges. There's all sorts, man. There's yeah. going to be a new heavy tracksuit. I can tell you all sorts because this was when I was listening to the podcast the other day, and you're like, "Do you want to talk about what's going live?" And I was like, "No, I don't want to tell anyone." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, it's not till Thursday." Yeah. So if people aren't listening to it by Friday, it's going to be live anyway. Because mm. that was funny when you text from chat. Where were you when you're like, "Should we set the Should we set the sale live?" You and Ollie were awake at the same time, weren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that because Ollie's in Tokyo and I was Ollie's in, in Tokyo. In you, were, you were in Beijing, yeah. and I woke up to about 500 text messages of. Should we set it live? Should we go now? Should we and go now? like, no, I think he loses Should we go now? Mind. I think, he, I think he, he's been up till 3 a.m. every morning. If you press go, he's going to lose his shit. No, 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 be right, be right. Be right. I, like, I kept checking my world clock on my phone. Yeah. I'm like, what time is it in the UK? He's, he's oh, oh, it's 6.45. Six, six it'll be awake wake soon. Him up. It'll be awake soon. It'll be awake soon. <laughs> Just drop call his phone a couple of times. Oh, wake him up. Mate, yeah, I, yeah, I woke up to a lot of excitement, <laughs> and orders, which was good. So, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Cage Warriors this weekend. I'm looking so, forward to it, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch that. It's going to be good. Yeah, well, we've got... Um, sorry, I know we're going to, we need to start how long we're <laughs> at now. Like 140. 140, exactly. Okay, my yeah. bad. Um, I'm looking forward to Dean Truman. I'm looking forward to that. I'm invested yeah. now. I watched the first one. The, the winner of that fight could quite easily be on the London card in March for the UFC. Imagine Quite that. easily. Imagine from... I, and, mean, and what, e- I mean, either of them could be signed. They're both good. They're both really good. Which is good. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, 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 because uh, we've got Brian Ortega and Holloway. That's it this weekend and the mm. Cage Warriors. Yeah, and then Polaris on Sunday. Dude. So I'll be at Polaris. I'll be judging. Oh, we'll take some t-shirts. Chuck Absolutely. Them out. Oh, if you yeah, tap yeah. him, you can have a long sleeve medallion. <laughs> I've only got mediums. <laughs> right. Should we wrap it there? Yeah, man. Otherwise, awesome. i go for days. All right, man. Wicked. Thanks, y'all, for listening. And we'll catch you next time.